recorded live. Oh, this 
All right, good afternoon, all. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Steffen. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It is the 27th of January, 2006. It's Tuesday, and, uh, Got Al from Colorado coming on here in a second. But first, let me tell you how to participate in the show. Go to theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. Well, that's one way you can participate. You can go to the chat room there. And well, there's a few people in there. You can uh, talk to them or you can leave messages and make comments and all that good stuff. Or you can call in 800 596 8191. So that's the difference between basically live and Memorex is, you know, for live, you get to participate in the show. You get to uh, tell us what's going on where you live and uh, things that happen where you are at. We had a good call last week that, you know, somebody is actually stepped against their local school because they're uh, basically distributing pornography they're uh, you know freshman high schoolers calling it advanced studies uh-huh good you know and uh, they're making headway in dealing these people in Anyway, uh, it is Tuesday. Let's bring Al on. Welcome, Al. Yes, I see that the wonderful New York Gambling Exchange has taken a nice big hit here. I just found out. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. But I know. just now turned on the net, and just as you were uh, doing your little intro there, and saw that uh, looks like they took a major good one here. Yeah, it's only like a two percent thing, though. You know, I mean, what, look at like five thousand points or something like that. Where's my? Uh... It's only a couple hundred. Oh, that all stops. Well, uh, as they say, uh, Frank, fully 226 is nothing. I know. See, that's uh, if it keeps doing that every day, that'll be something. But uh... oh yeah, it would be nice <laughs> if it would. By the way, I haven't even looked. Let's see what our oil is. Oh, 46 dollars and six cents for oil. Yeah, they ought to be paying you to put gas in your tank here. Hey. Long. See, the problem is, Frank, even if it went to $10 a barrel, they could still charge you 4 bucks a gallon if they wanted to, couldn't they? Well, and they would. Yes. Well, this is not going to last. We've talked about this before. Yeah. This is just to keep the sheeple, uh, you know, get the sheeple, un, uh, you know, happy for a while. Well, distracted by something. Now, Al, I'm, I'm sure you, you heard about the huge, big, horrible, uh, the, the biggest in history ever, uh, blizzard in but New York. But the snowstorm in, uh, in in Toilet Town 1, New York? It didn't actually happen. Oh, really? Oh, gee whiz. Well, Al, Jeez whiz. Al, do you consider six inches a major blizzard of all time? Not really. If it was 60 inches, yeah, yeah. it could be. If it was no. 60, put a couple of zeros behind it, Frank. How about that? Six inches in Central Park. And uh, the meteorologists are apologizing. And, oh, oh You know what? Yeah. You got it wrong, Al. Because yeah. they did a weather model. You know, like oh. with global warming, 
a model. They run it through their little computer. Everybody likes to tell me yeah, about well, how wonderful those things are in finances and weather. And oh, everything. yeah, yeah. They're like right about uh, one-tenth of a percent of the time, right, and the rest of the uh, 99. The fact is, you know, instead of looking out the dang window or looking at a satellite picture of what's really going on, they plug yeah. it into their little fantasy thing and come up with these stories about, oh, my God, and we're going to have a no. And then you've got the fat whale in New Jersey and the communists in New York saying, oh, okay, that's it. Travel bans, travel bans, travel bans for nothing. Didn't they close 6,000 flights or stop 6,000 flights? Ooh, airlines ain't happy. Yeah, for nothing. They did it uh, based on a fantasy. Uh, idiots. You know, this I, is what I, happens when you've got the inmates running the asylum, Frank. Are you, why are you surprised? I'm not surprised. As a matter of fact, before it even started last night, I said, this is, this is not going to happen, man. This is well, garbage, man. And tell, Al Gore, me out, but, yeah. tell me, Al, what other kind of job other than weatherman can you be so wrong so often and keep your job? Hmm. Being in the government. Even they're not even wrong as much as the weatherman is. <laughs> and that's pretty Well, Al Gore environmental horror got one thing right. Yesterday it was 70 at, down in the city, Yay. Denver. Yay, global warming hits Denver. Yeah, global warming for one day. Yeah, <laughs> tomorrow, Frank, it's going to be 60 below. So what else is new? Well, you Frank, you think the boys out. are messing around with the harp because normally we don't have these kind of temperatures in January here. It's very rare. Well, I don't, you know, I don't know what it is. It could be harp. It could be, I'm telling you, and people don't, a lot of people don't understand how, but all this fracking is, that ain't helping. is affecting things on a global scale. I'm telling you, you cannot run around cracking up the mantle of the earth the way they're doing it and shoving poisons into the in, into the planet. Yeah, but that some of the stuff is escaping into the air, too. It's yeah. not coming out. Yeah, it is. You know, so. so it's just as bad as the chemtrails for all, for all intents and purposes. They're, they're, they're one and the same for all well, intents. Yeah, and then, they, and then there are the chemtrails, and there's a, lot of, you know, there's a lot of speculation about what they are and what they're doing and what they're for and all this other stuff, but I don't know what it is, but I know they're there. I, I, I know I, they're there, too, and, and what they're telling you they're there for is not the truth, Frank. You know that, and I know well, whatever that. Whatever they say there, you know, is not the truth. That's Absolutely the truth. not. Well, what do we say? If their lips are moving and sound is coming out, they must be lying, yeah. They are, and, and the thing is, though, so, okay, I don't know what, they're, what they are, but I know they're there. And, and that's yes. the whole thing that people... I see them almost every day, Frank. There's very few days when the sky is totally clear and I see blue without the uh, garbage in I there. just don't understand people who deny their existence. So I had a guy in Illinois and I decided I wasn't going to waste my time with him anymore. As a matter of fact, after, what, 25 years or so, he and I parted company because of the like. You know, don't my uh, don't uh, what is it, Frank? Don't uh, uh, tell me about the facts. My mind is made up. Remember yeah, that right, one? Right. Don't yeah. confuse me with the facts. With the facts. Yeah, <laughs> my mind is made up. So I decided it's time to cut ties, and I did. You know, I I, I just uh, okay. Look, you can dispute if I say, well, uh, you know, their weather manipulation or their mind control or their their virus is trying to kill us. You know, you can dispute that and say, well, I don't believe that. I think there's something else. Okay, because I can't prove what they are. 
But we don't know. We know that they ain't healthy. We know yeah. that for sure. We know to, that. For, but for you to tell me they don't exist. Oh, if anybody you know, tells you that they're not there, there's no point wasting your time with you a know, walk I mean, away. What kind of an individual is this? You don't look oh. up. You can't see. What's the matter with you? You know, I mean, honestly. Oh, you want to talk about people who are idiots? I watched this video on YouTube called The Gray State, okay? The guy that they murdered up in, what was it, Minneapolis? He, you know, he was murdered. He didn't commit shop suicide. And the one guy they had on there, the guy was listening to an interview on the radio with an idiot from the Gestapo, and he thought it was moral for them to collect taxes and to break your door down. And the, I mean, I couldn't believe I was listening to this man to speak. Wow. You can't, this is the kind of people who are working for the government. They're just doing their job. You know what happened in Nuremberg to the people who were doing their job, don't you, Frank? Well, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, people don't, you know, how many, okay, how many 30-year-olds do you figure if you went out, just picked randomly on the street and said, hey, tell me what you think, what you know about the Nuremberg trial? Uh, Not too many of them would know it, I don't think. But, yeah, what do you think you'd get? You'd get a bunch of blank stares and made-up stories about Fantasyville that doesn't... Oh, yeah, but they know all about about the rock stars and the music and the sports and all that other garbage, all that important garbage that no one's going to care about in 30 years or 40 or 50. But you see, the problem problem is now you get these 30-year-olds who don't know anything about the Nuremberg trials going to work for the government, saying, well, I'm just following orders. I'm just following orders, Al, and it's okay, Al, because I'm just following orders. I'm yeah, you'll be following job. orders until I put a bullet in your head, Frank. You know, That's how you'll be following orders. I, I mean, this is the same mentality that the mob had when they said nothing personal before they killed you. Yeah. Hey, don't take it personally, Al. It's just, just what, now what do they say or the other thing? It's just business, it's Frank. It's business. Don't take it personally, and then they kill you. Well, yeah. I don't know. I take that personally. Yeah, most people who don't get it killed are taking it personally. I would think so, well, yeah. Well, I'm just doing yeah. my job, Al. Well, well, what's that supposed to mean to me? You're kicking my door in, you're burning my house down, and, and you're just doing your job, so that's supposed to make me feel okay about it? You know, these people, they... They have no... Hey, you break my door down, I'm going to shoot you, and I don't care. You put me in front of the judge, and I'm going to say, the first question I'm going to ask the judge is, do I have a right to defend myself, Your Honor, your dishonor? Your dishonor is what he really... <laughs> well, you know, I've made a habit of it over the years to never call them Your Honor. I uh, always, just say judge? I always just say judge, you know, mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, I'm not there really to disrespect them, but I'm not going to give them more respect and they've earned and well like the guy honor. said in the gray state uh, video he said these guys are nothing but actors who think they have jurisdiction over you when you're in reality you're in a court of of admiralty revenue and they're just uh, you know trying to collect the revenue from you that's their main purpose they're not there for justice no no they're not uh we i think if we really saw what was going on people would be shocked that you know this this whole thing is Basically, everyone, and we can call it admiralty, and maybe, you know, maybe that fits, maybe it doesn't, whatever. Things change, you know, over time. But well, the they're, they're looking for the corporation. They're nothing but corporation stooges. That's all Barry is. He's a corporation stooge. He's the head of a corporation. The fact of the matter is we are an occupied nation being treated Absolutely. as though we are 
the the losers in a war, and we are being occupied. So we're called chattel property. Is that what you're trying to tell us? Like we're chattel. That's one of the things that you know people uh, you know human resources, chattel property, whatever you want to call it. Whatever you want to call it, yeah. You know, it's it all amounts to the same thing. And when they've got it written right in their code, where they call you know, man and other animals, as though... Yeah, that, uh, that, that gets a little bit uh, upsetting, yeah. You know, yeah. And they've got this written right in the law in many places. It's not an accident, okay? And they didn't just whoops, go... Oh, yeah, yeah, and you tell the average person on the street the word person, and then he goes into the court, and then he doesn't understand what a person is when you're in their jurisdiction. It's not what we think it is, is it, Frank, these terms of art? No, I mean, when we, you and me are talking, we can say whatever we want. But when you go into court, and I've had I don't know how many people, I try to explain things like this to them. They go, ah, well, you're just playing word games. Oh, really? Well, oh, what, no, you're that? not, Frank. Oh, yeah, They're yes, the ones playing the yes, word games. Yes, I am. Because what the heck do you think the law is? The law is nothing but one thing. Go look game. up the word person. Tell these idiots, go look up the person in their law books and see what it means in their book, what they understand it to mean, not what you understand it and I understand it, and what they understand. And then there's the other thing. Then there's the rules of English. Now, I was never a big, you know, I didn't do very well in English. I didn't class. do good in English either. Don't feel bad. But I have since then looked up certain things that I need to know. And one of the things that I looked up that I needed to know, and nobody seems to grasp this or believe it or whatever, is the fact that when you use in a sentence, and this is not law, this is the English language, the rules of English, okay, which I don't think the courts have jurisdiction over to change. But Mm -hmm. the rules of English state that when you use the word include in a sentence, Oh, yeah, that that, word. That means everything that comes after it is there. Everything that is not named after it is excluded. Correct. Yes, learned that a long time ago. So when they say person includes uh, individuals, corporations, blah, 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 and it doesn't say man or woman, then that Or human being. Well, no, human being is another... Uh, That's another one of their terms, isn't it? Yeah, the thing is, it's man. Man or woman or people. That's that's the terms that mean flesh and blood. Mm, but they don't use that. They, don't they use never those use things. those words. If you look, they never use those words. And you've got to wonder, well, why is that? Why is Gee it you think they know something we don't know, Frank? You think? Why is it always individual? Why is it always person? Why is it always anything except man, woman, or people? Aha, uh-huh. isn't that interesting? Always yeah. something. Absolutely. Well, that's their scam, Frank, and as long as they can get away with it and they understand, they know that Joe Lunchbucket doesn't understand what you and I have just discussed, uh, they're going to get away with it. Well, they're going to get away with it until Joe Lunchbucket doesn't have a lunch bucket anymore. Well, then he's going to get mad, and he may take his boomer, and he may start shooting for all he knows because he's so pissed off. Well, yeah, and the sad thing about it is, see, the dangerous part of that is, and I, I think this is by design, and we can see it in places like Ferguson and L.A. and other places where they've had these riots where these morons, they get mad, and maybe they got a good reason to be mad. Maybe they don't. I don't know. I'm not, I, I'm not there to I wasn't me. there. I can't say. Okay. So maybe they got a great reason to be mad. 
But to burn down your own neighborhood is stupid. I think what they had, Frank, was rent-a-mobs that they brought in from other areas. They've done that before, too. They bring in the rent-a-mob. They don't even live in Ferguson, and they just say, hey, go go trash uh, Frank's hardware store. Well, that's true. That's the the Jesse Jackson-Eric Holder uh, deal. I mean, there was uh, accusations that Eric Holder actually paid these gang members to do this, to instigate. I wouldn't be surprised. To instigate the people in the, you know, okay, so oh, people are I'm mad. Quick. Okay, people are mad, so they decide, well, let's go get a sign, and we'll go stand outside, and we'll say how mad we are. And these are normal people who don't want to burn down their neighborhood. They're just mad. They, they just want to protest people. peacefully, yeah. But then here you've got gang members that are paid by Eric Holder and the Justice Department coming into these crowds, and, you know, throw a few bricks, and you know how it is with a mob mentality. Yeah. Once one guy starts throwing One bricks, guy starts, and the rest of them join in. I right. want to clarify something we talked about last week, Frank. This thing with Mr. Holder and the, uh, what do you call it, the, uh, the confiscations? What do you call it? The, what's the, uh, the asset forfeiture was referring to gun control. Did you not see that? Did you miss that part of it? No. Yes, go back and look at that because they talked about gun control. Whether you like him or not, Alex Jones brought this out about Holder with his asset confiscation. What about it? And it's and it's got to do with something or other. Uh, uh, the boomers are involved in it or something like that, and they can go take your boomer if they think that the you know if you've got your boomer in your house and something in your house was involved in the crime, like the car or whatever, remember? Well, you know. So it has let, to do, let, evidently, with gun confiscation. You know what, with I, I did read that, and you know what? This is, see, this is, this is why I won't listen to and why I, I, anytime somebody brings up this guy's name, Alex Jones, you know, I have to go and double-check and triple-check if I didn't know about it, but I do know about this, and I read the whole thing. And one thing, what he's talking about is the fact that they said, okay, look, we're going to ease up on this. Uh, we're going to end the program as far as cash and cars and stuff like that goes, but they, they did not relieve guns. Okay. They left. Oh, they didn't. Okay. They left that, oh, no, they, no. Now here's the thing, though. They left it the way it was, which means they can take your guns through civil forfeiture, where they can't take your cash and they can't take your car. And they, that that, okay. part, that part of the program is over. But see, Holder kept guns, and that's what he kept the boomers in. Yeah. Well, okay. So Jones that Jones Jones misstated it is what well, you're basically. No. What Jones did was is what he always does, which is he dramatized it to the point where it's not really true what he's saying, but he's he's basing what he's saying on a fact. Okay, you know what I'm saying? When you blow up something that's true to the point where it's really not true anymore. Okay. He's exactly. So he obfuscated it, as they call it. He 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 confused the issue, is what you're basically saying, Frank. Well, right? he, he, he exaggerated. Again. Okay. All right. I get it. Well, okay. Well, you know, maybe the best thing, uh, like I say, I just saw him. Normally, I don't want I to mean, listen to him. You know what, Alvo? I mean, to the point of that it, it is telling that, you know, Holder is still okay with confiscating guns through civil forfeiture is telling. But, I mean, it's not a surprise. Eric Holder no. hasn't made any secret of the fact that he wants to take people's guns. 
This is not a well, he's gonna have he's now. gonna have a he's gonna have a hell of a lot of trouble doing it, I'll tell you that. Whether he thinks it or not, he's gonna have a lot of trouble doing that. Well yeah, but I mean it's not like it's a surprise that you know No, 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 no. Frank, there's nothing new under the sun, Frank. Nothing. Well, I see all now. I read an article that the 1,700 people who flew into Davos last week, you know, to tell, uh, find out how they're going to screw the rest of us, right. they're scared over Ferguson, which I think is a bunch of hooey. Oh, I saw that. That they're all running. In they're scared of because of Ferguson. Ferguson is a little small backwater town outside of St. Louis that has nothing to do with these boys who live in their gated communities. Well, yeah, that's true. And, I, hey, you know, I'd like to see the next riot. If anybody wants to riot, you know, go to those gated communities. Let these people, because those are the people who have taken everything that is, you know, you think should be yours. It's not your neighbor. The fact that somebody can sit behind a computer screen on Wall Street, push a few buttons, and make three or four or ten million dollars a year, something's wrong with that one, too. That's just as bad as the athletes getting paid millions of dollars. Well, it is. It is. Now, what do you think of this? Now, my big issue is that uh, with this snowstorm thing, yeah. my big issue is that they did a travel ban in two full states. New York and Massachusetts? Over No, New York and uh, New Jersey. Oh, New Jersey, okay. Over nothing. Okay, over nothing, over something that may, might you think happen it's, in the future. You think it's uh, practice for a crowd control, possibly, Frank? I, th- it be? I think it was a compliance test to see, okay, we're going to declare basically martial law, and we're going to see how many of you will go along for it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it was a test. Yeah, I think it was, too. The test is going to have to wait, folks, because guess what, Frank? It's break time. It is, but we'll be back in a bit. Everybody stay right where you're at. Well, I'm 
Few things in this world are more important than clean, pure water. Understanding this, ABR makes four tabletop water distillers available to you for purchase. First, we have the five and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $139. The second is a five and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $189. The third is a three and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $189. And our premier tabletop distiller is a three and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $250. All our distillers have a stainless steel boiling pot, dome, and cooling tubes. And the premier version also has a splash flap to protect against contamination of the cooling tubes. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com for more information and protect your water supply. have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays at 6 p.m. Pacific. internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC sees in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. 
No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free to air satellite system from ABR. The ABR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75 centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541 225 4659. That's 541 225 4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System.
right, we're back. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Steffen. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. Uh, it is still the 27th of January 2015. It's Tuesday, and it's about 12.43. We're out here on the Pacific Time Coast. The room got both songs, which is good because I played them before just last week. The first one is Rory Gallagher, Tore Down. The second one was Rock Pile, Play That Fast Thing. Anyhow, uh, it is Tuesday, and that means we got Al from Colorado on. Welcome back, Al. Yes. Well, you know, we were talking about what things cost so many years ago. I've got a list for 1938, Frank. Uh Uh-oh. A new house cost $3,900 in 1938. The average income was $1,731. A new car cost a grand huge sum of eight hundred and sixty dollars. Wow. Rent was twenty seven bucks a month. Tuition to Harvard was four hundred and twenty dollars a year. A ticket to uh, Ho- uh Horleywood was uh, twenty five cents. Gas was a dime a gallon and a postage stamp was three cents. Gee, things are better now, huh Al? Yeah, yeah. Well granulated sugar back then was fifty nine cents for ten pounds. Wow. Milk was 50 cents a gallon. Ground coffee was 39 cents a pound. Bacon was 32 cents a pound. And eggs were 18 cents a dozen. Ground coffee, 39 cents a pound. Well, you know what it is now, Al? It's about, it's about four or five or six bucks no, or whatever it is. Eight, Who knows? It's eight bucks a pound, Al. For ground coffee? That's right. Wow. Tells you how wonderful our money is, Frank. Oh, that toilet paper has just held its value over the last, what, and what do they 70 cry, years? And what do they cry about, Al? Al, they cry about, oh, we got to watch out. We don't want deflation. We got to keep the inflation going. Inflation's good. We love it. Yeah, it's good for the banksters, but it ain't good. It's good for you and me when the prices go down because our money buys more, doesn't it, Frank? Yep. That's right, but you see, it's bad for them because then they bad for them. No, they don't want the deflation. That's terrible. That's oh, they can't have that. We can't have Al and uh, Frank and APR listeners going out and buying gas for seventy-five cents a gallon. And they actually come out and say these things. The public nods their head like these are geniuses, and they don't realize these people are saying, "No, no, no! It's good." that you have to pay more for everything every yeah, year. Yeah, it's good it's for good. us. They're not using the two words for us that it's that you got to pay more. Right. You know. If they would use those two words, you think Joe Lunchbucket might get his head out of his rear end and say, what do you mean for them? I don't know. You know, I don't know what it will take for Joe Lunchbucket to get his head out. I think, Frank, that that (laughs) gallon of gas needs to go back up to 30, 40, 50 bucks a gallon. That gallon of milk's got to cost 15 bucks a gallon, and your dozen eggs has to cost 12 bucks a dozen. Maybe that's what's going to get them out of their head, out of their um, rear orifice. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know what else to tell you, Frank. I don't know how to do it. Yeah, well, that is how to do it, and that's the only way people are going to get their heads out of their behind is is when they can't afford anything. When everything right. they have starts being taken away from them and they can't afford to do anything and they see their children starving. Then, what would happen? You know, except yeah, what the problem now, half of them, half of them are going to sit there, instead of getting mad and trying to do something about it, they're going to just sit there and cry and beg the government to come and save them. Oh, no, they want Uncle Sam to take care of them. Everybody, all these people on the welfare mentality, they expect 
you and I to take care of them through Uncle Sam. And guess what, Frank? 30 years ago, I said bye to Sammy. Well, I'm not going to take care of you welfare you people. Know, You'll I'm have not to sure. find somebody else to steal from. I'm not even sure these, you know, the, and I'm talking about the generational welfare people that mama was on welfare, grandmama was on welfare, and now That's you're on right. welfare. Great-grandma was on welfare. Now the three generations from now, their great-great-grandkids are going to be on. Uh, that ain't going to happen, those Frank. People, the, Al, I'm not sure those people even realize that they don't realize the, the slaves, Frank, is what they are. Well, yeah, and they don't realize the other people out there that got jobs and are working are having to pay for them. They just think it's all free money from the daddy government that just, uh, you know. Oh, yeah, like know. that woman. They showed that woman last night on that great state thing. Barry was going to fill her gas tank and pay her rent. They showed her again. They keep showing her all the time. Oh, Frank, well, you know, they, they have. What would happen, idea. Frank? Wait, Frank, what would happen? If all the retailers and the merchants got together and just said, I mean, everybody just said, hey, Alan Frank, that toilet paper in your wallet's no good. We want yellow and gray stuff or something we can use, Frank. We're not selling. We don't care. We don't need your toilet. We don't want your toilet paper, Frank. What do you think would happen? I mean, everybody just said it. Hey, well, we're not yeah, going to take your toilet. No, it ain't going to It ain't going to happen because, you know, these stores, there would always be somebody who says, I'll take it. You know, and then everybody'd run there, and that guy would get seemingly rich, and uh, you know all that. You know, uh, nobody's gonna do it. Uh, you know, the thing is, really, the only way out is the. Uh, you know, and I hate to say this, but uh, this is the rulers of the universe, as uh, they like to think of themselves. Because I masters can't, I of can't, the universe. I just can't call them the elite because they're everything but the I elite. I call them okay. the parasitical elite is what I call them, Frank. Okay, well, that's pretty descriptive. The parasites, really the elite. elite, the rich parasites of the world who want more for themselves. This is my attitude. Bill Gates and Warren Buffett don't deserve to make one more dollar. They need to give 90% of their money away. That's, That's what they need to do. I'm, know, sorry if that sounds, I'm sorry if that sounds socialistic, Frank, but they need to have their money taken away from them and given to the poor people. I don't like saying that. Well, the only thing that's really going to – and they realize it, and this is what they're working towards. They're working to obviously crash the whole civilization. And the, oh, reason why, Al, the, riots. the reason why, Al, is because they recognize that, you know, half or more of the population of this planet has to die because they are worthless eaters. They are useless. They, they, they know nothing except gimme, gimme, gimme. They're nothing but really they are what they've been taught to be, which is animals. They're the poor parasites. They're the poor parasites and, instead of the rich you know, parasites. And they're slaves and they're animals, and they just don't know any better, and they don't want to know any better. They just want their gruel, and that's that. And the elite want them gone as much as anybody else wants them gone. And they realize that in order to fix, because this, this whole civilization is not able to be fixed. It's too no. broken. It cannot be fixed. The only way it is is to burn it no. down and start over. And start all over again, or you kill all the politicians, and you get rid of the lawyers well, and everybody and this else. Well, their plan, and they're trying to do it in a controlled fashion where they don't get killed. Uh-huh. You see, they want to make sure that they're the last ones left. The Georgia Guidestone people is what we call them. Right. You know, they want to make sure that, hey, you know, we survive this. We come out on top. But we... 
We still got to All the peasants and the peons are gone. We don't have to worry anymore. We don't even need money anymore because we've got everything we need. Right. You know, and that's, that's their we, mentality. Look, we don't know. need anymore. We've got everything we need. What do we need these people for? To take money away from us? We don't want to give them anything. I, Frank, let's put it this way. Most ADR listeners want to keep the fruits of their labor. They don't want to give it to some woman having 13 illegitimate kids in Chicago. Well, I don't want to give it to anybody that I don't want to give it to. And That's if I right. do choose to give it to somebody, it should be my choice, not somebody else. It's your choice to give it and not, and not Sammy's choice to take it away and give it to somebody else. It's called, uh, that's what Bastier said, it's uh, legalized plunder. Well, that is what it is. But that's know, All taxation is is legalized plunder. Now, the fact of the matter is, since civilization is going down, it's not coming back either. Well, it's it, you know it, it's coming not back. Not coming back and not coming back in the foreseeable future. Not coming Let's back in different. our lifetime. But you know the thing is, understanding that now you can say, oh well, that's horrible, that's terrible, this is no good. We got to try to stop it. Well, you can't stop it, okay? Because there's no other way. Things are too broken. Uh, you know, I hate to say it, the elite are right. It has the to be The debt out. is nothing but a debt. The debt is nothing but a fraud. Right. It's just the debt is nothing but to keep the sheep in control. To, to so take the as thing much is that when, them as they can. when you see there's a hurricane coming, you yeah. might say, gee, that's no good. I don't like that. Stop that hurricane. I think I better get prepared. Oh, no, Al. Stand there and say, I don't like this. I don't believe it. I don't want a hurricane. So, therefore, a hurricane. So, it's happen. not going to come. I'm just not going to do anything. Is that right. what you're saying, well, Frank? That's you're what not most of do... the people are going to do. And I'm well, they're not going to die for a paycheck. Well, well they are going to die, and that's the whole plan. And the thing is, I, I, I'm trying to encourage the ABR listeners. You look. You know, you might not like it. You might think that you want to change things and fix things and everything else. But you know what? It ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. So, you know, you better prepare. Get ready you for the hurricane. Just get yourself ready and let the dumbbell sheep die. Well, That's all you, you can do. You know, you can try to tell them. Uh, and if you they can lose, tell them, but like we lose. say, you can't lead them to You can't make them drink the water. You can take them to the water. But if they don't want to drink it, Frank, they're not going to drink it. It's that simple. <laughs> I had an Italian guy when I was a kid. Yeah, you know, somebody had said, yeah, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. And he said, yeah, but you can hold his head underwater until it supplies. <laughs> That's cute. I like that. It sounds like you work for the mafia. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, the way it is, Frank, it Frank, anybody who's in the major cities, we're talking about Toilet 1, Toilet sure. 2, Toilet 3, New York, L.A., Chicago. There's no big Anything, Anything in a big city, baby. Goodbye. Goodbye, Frank. You're in trouble, Frank. Well, yeah. I mean, but, you know, even in those situations, you, you know, if you prepare, you all, you might die anyway, but you still, if you prepare. You've got a better chance yeah. than nobody has got, someone has got no food in his pantry at all, that's Frank. Right. You're going to at least eat for a while. You've always got a better chance of survival, and that's all you can do because there's no guarantee, Al. You can be living out isolated in the country with all the food, water, and everything and still die. Hey, Frank, if you come to me and you've got a, uh, a, a pickup truck filled to the back with gold and all I have is so much food, I'm going to say, Frank, you better take your yellow stuff yeah. somewhere else because I can't, I can't eat your yellow stuff. Keep right? driving, buddy. Keep driving. <laughs> now, I've got an instant message here because of what we were talking about, about, you know, people don't want to know anything. They don't want to believe that anything bad is ever going to happen to them. And, oh, my oh, God, God, you're, ruining, oh, you're bringing oh, me down, you, you know, by telling me the truth. Here's an I am. Uh, somebody sent me here that their daughter told them when 
tried to explain to their daughter about chemtrails and such. Yeah. Now, daughter's answer was, not yeah. thank you, Dad, for letting me know what's going on. It was, you ruined my sunset now. Oh, that's all she's worried about is her sunset. She better worry about breathing rather than her sunset. You know, this is this is a typical average American uh you know, young person. I mean, this is. I look at what they do. Some of these young people, they do interviews on the street, and these people look like they just got off a boat from some foreign country. They look, they give you that stupid dumbbell look, and huh? What are you talking about? Well, yeah, but they're not, Frank. They're not teaching them this in the public school system. Frank, what are they being taught in the public school system, Frank? To to be a part of the crowd and don't be individual and don't have any individual thoughts, right, Frank? Isn't that what they're being taught? Well, and accept every deviant activity there is out there as a as a form. Oh, that's a lifestyle. You know. What did I'm, you say they were they were they were showing pornography to the high school kids or something about the pornography you said a little while ago? Them, they were giving them what amounts to erotic books describing pornographic scenes. It was oh, pictures. really? Yeah. Uh, things such as uh, the principal... Oh, so in other words, it was it was a textual description of pornographic activity. Uh, the principal stood behind the boy in the bathroom as he bent over. Hmm. You know, what does that tell you, Al? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? This is, this what, is a know, good enough reason to get your kid out of the public oh. school brainwashing <laughs> system. You know, and then there's... Uh, you know, then here's another IM from somebody who got told by their uh, a couple of their family members when they tried to tell them about stuff. They said, we don't want to know what you know. Oh, really? Yeah. Don't bother us with the facts, <laughs> Frank. We've got a football game coming up. And you know what, Frank? I think this weekend is a great way for Barry to get something started because something's going to happen at the stupid bowl. What do you oh, want to I bet, always please? think that. You know, every, you know, it never happens, though, so I know, I know. Every year I think the 4th of July, the stupid bowl, you know, something's going to – but they never do. You know, I think they – but, hey, maybe just make up a snowstorm. Hey, you know, Arizona could have snow. They do get snow in Arizona once in a while. Hey, why, even, why even have it? Why even wait for a real thing? Just make something up, Al. Al, we're going to have a big snowstorm in Florida. Uh, uh, that's it. Travel ban. Travel ban. Oh, gee whiz. Frank, I wanted to come to Medford, but I can't because the Medford airport is socked in, and Medford doesn't even have an airport, probably. Well, it does, but we have a sunny day. But, hey, you know, uh, we're, we're, we're under, uh, you know, the threat of a computer model that says we're going to have a horrible, horrible Oh, storm. you're going to get 60 feet of snow. Is that what they're predicting for tomorrow, Frank? You're going to get 60 feet of snow in Medford. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what they. I don't listen to them anymore. I I, uh, I Frank, go and look at the. I go and look at the satellite picture, and you know what, Al? I'm about ninety percent right when I think you know. Okay, it looks like it's going to rain tomorrow or whatever. Yeah. I'm about ninety percent right, and they're about ninety percent wrong because what they I do is they don't look at that stuff. They go, oh, let's put all our information into a computer model and have the computer. Yeah, and let's uh, let's uh, scare the people. I actually talked to a young person, probably in her twenties, and she said she doesn't even have an idiot box, and I well fell off my chair wow. when she said that. Yay for you! Doesn't have an idiot box, she told me. And she's about roughly twenty-five, mid-twenties. Well, like good that. for her. You know, I mean, there need. Hey, there are people out there that are 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 catching a clue. 
But uh, I hope so. I'm sorry they're not the majority, though. That's true. You know, We're out of time, Frank. We are out of time, and here comes the time has come. Time has come. And, Al, we'll see you again next Tuesday. We'll see you next week, Frank. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. Folks, thanks for listening. As always, I'll be back again tonight. Financial survival's coming up next, so stay tuned. Does the cost and risk of conventional health care concern you? Wouldn't you prefer inexpensive solutions to health problems rather than disease management? If so, tune into Herb Talk Live with herbalist Wendy Wilson every Tuesday and Thursday evening, 7 p.m. on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, where your health care options just became endless. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Melody Cedarstrom, and you're listening to Financial Survival. I'm here with my co-host, Alfred Addis, to bring you our opinion and commentary on today's economic and political events for Tuesday, January 27, 2015. Good afternoon, Al. Oh, what a great, interesting day in the markets today. Of course, the uh, Dow just got hammered a little bit today. Uh, it was down as much as 390 points uh, when they opened, uh, but it did settle back uh, uh, not so deep 
in that negative territory, but uh, we'll talk about that in just a little bit. And it's all being blamed on two companies, and we'll talk about those two companies here in just a little bit. We have the gold reacted a little bit, up 1280 up $12.80 of the New York spot price at $1,295.10. Silver was up 18 at 18.19. Platinum was up 12 at 1262 and palladium was up 2 at $784. The USDX today was down 0.84 at 94.08 and crude oil was down 78. Lots of eight. Crude oil was down 78 at 45.93 and as I mentioned the paper markets today were down uh, down big they stopped and they just settled there all day long. Not a whole lot of trading. Went from 390 back down. Tried to reverse itself. Maybe around 250 was the low that I saw um, that I came back to. And we're ending the Dow at 291 points to the downside. 17,387. The NASDAQ was down 90 points at 4681. The S&P was down 27 at 2,029. Ten-year yield is uh, 1.8. Uh, actually, the, the S&P 500, they, uh, um, nine of the ten sectors fell. Uh, technology stocks dropped the most. Uh, utility stocks, where lots of times people go to when they're looking for a little bit of safety, was the only group to rise. Uh, but the problems, uh, they're blaming Microsoft. Their shares tumbled um, after they came out with their quarterly results. And um, uh, that licensing revenue for its Windows operating system fell 13%. They also blamed Caterpillar. Their stock fell 7.5% after the uh, company was hurt in the fourth quarter by restructuring costs and issued a weak outlook and uh, uh, the Commerce Department. So those were the two companies that, uh, you know, they're getting blamed on uh, for the 400-point drop in the paper markets. The Commerce Department reported that orders for long-lasting manufactured goods, that dropped 3.4% in December. And uh, they, they said the biggest decline was the demand in commercial aircraft. And uh, there was also weakness in machinery, computer, and primary metals all down. And everybody was looking for a small increase for December. And when you look at the... Uh, Long-lasting manufactured goods, you think of the housing reports and all that stuff that goes into new homes and so forth. And uh, you wouldn't think you'd see a drop in that. But uh, the U.S. home prices, they did rise a little bit in November. But the, repa the reported uh, sales uh, by the Commerce Department, that new U.S. homes accelerated 11% last month. And, uh, again, they're hoping that, uh, you know, things are going to improve in the housing market. But... Report after report, report, Al, we, we talk about that the U.S. home market is not doing all that well. Uh, you also had Procter & Gamble, they fell almost 4%. What's interesting about that, Al, is uh, they're blaming it on the strong U.S. dollar, how it cut into the consumer's uh, products uh, for the maker's second quarter earnings. So uh, their stock slid uh, almost 4%. Europe European markets... They slipped, they slipped, the DAX, I'm sorry, was off 1.6%. And 
um, so that is it in a wrap. So we'll have to see if there's a follow-through tomorrow. You don't know with a um, big snowstorm and how big uh, the markets. I mean, New York was basically shut down. Um, so you know, we're not sure exactly how the markets truly traded today. Well, if it's and, like past winter, Melody, we may not be oh, until June. That's correct. We may still be feeling the adverse effects of the especially cold winter of last year until uh, the summer. Maybe we'll get those to that this time, too. Maybe, maybe. Maybe it takes what you need to do in order to be a competent analyst. For whatever is going on in the markets, is first and foremost you need to be a meteorologist. Perhaps, yes, you can always be wrong, and no one ever gets mad at you. Well, you got to be right. Apparently, apparently the weather is what causes the markets to move up, down, or sideways. Well, they can make it. The, the weathermen can blame the, the computers uh, because this is what they based all their predictions on. As the far computers as, can blame Microsoft. They can blame they Microsoft. Yes, yeah. Microsoft is having a hard time right now. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, this has been reported once before. The Congressional Budget Office says the Obamacare is going to cost over $2 trillion in the next decade. Uh, that number has been floating around for a couple of years, and recently I saw one where it's possibly as high as $10 trillion over the next decade. And, um, of course, this is, uh, you know, the health care that uh, – wasn't going to cost anybody anything, and we were all going yeah, to save money. Yeah. Yeah. We're all I can't save believe money. how much money we're all saving now. Yeah, aren't you glad? Yeah, yeah it's been a wonderful, it's been just a wonderful, uh, wonderful legislation. Great for all of us. Um, of course, all these bankrupt us, but it doesn't matter. We'll, we'll still have health care. And uh, of course, there's still going to be 31 million people will remain uninsured. 10 years from now. So well, but not the illegal aliens. But not the yeah, no. They will have it. They will have their insurance. I understand. That's important. Yes. In order to dissuade the illegal aliens from coming into this country, we need to give them Obamacare. That'll scare them off. Put them in Obamacare. That'll teach them move into this country. Oh, oh, oh. We'll show you. You can go back to Mexico and you probably get better health care and a better at a lower price. And here was just a brief uh, commentary on billionaire Jeff Green, uh, who Bloomberg News describes as having amassed a multi-billion dollar fortune investing in real estate and betting against some prime, subprime mortgage securities. And this is pretty much what they think of us common folks and uh, – uh, it goes to show they make all these billions of dollars, and they're not going to shed a penny to no. put back into the economy to help. They're not going to get back. But he has a pessimistic, pessimistic view of the U.S. economy. He says our economy is in deep trouble. We need to be honest with ourselves. We've had a realistic level of job destruction, and those jobs are not coming back. Because of that, he argues, America's lifestyle expectations are far too high and need to be adjusted so we have less things and a smaller, better existence. We need to reinvent our whole system of life. And uh, he made these comments, of course, after flying to Davos with his wife, children, and two nannies on a private jet. 
um, just one of about 1,700, of course, that was uh, landed in Davos, Switzerland last week. So we're all supposed to be the ones that tighten our belts and change our lifestyles and expect a lower lifestyle. And um, Well, not all of us. It's like the brave uh, new, what was it, Animal Farm, George Orwell. All animals are created equal, but some animals are created more equal. And he's among the animals that are more equal. But the rest of you better get ready for a bumpy ride. Mm-hmm. But in fact, that's probably coming. He's probably right in what he's saying. Got an article here from The Guardian. An English publication. The headline is, Why the Multimillion Dollar Retirement is Not for the Middle Class. Talk about retirement. That's obvious. And how much money you're going to need to retire and what the odds are you'll be able to retire and so on. And it says a new study advocates a pension plan that's impossible for most families unless they have a huge income and decades to spare. A new study in the Financial Analyst Journal uh, that says retirement is not hopeless. All by itself, that's uh, that's interesting information. They're admitting that a lot of people think retirement is hopeless right now. They say, oh, no, it's not. you still got a chance. And it goes on and says, indeed, all you need to do is save 22 times the annual income you hope to have when you retire. So if you want to retire and have $20,000 a year annual income, you'll need $440,000 in retirement savings when you reach the age of retirement. If you want $100,000 a year, they go on to explain. He says that means if you make $150,000 and hope to retire on $100,000 a year, you'll need to sock away $2.2 million in a bank account to be able to retire comfortably. And the authors of the study assume you will live to be 100 years old. But is the proposal realistic or is it a fantasy? It's simply a math problem. Let's suppose you're in your 40s, making $150,000 a year, and the tax man cometh. That's that $150,000 after taxes becomes slightly less dazzling sum of $100,000 a year. Now you have to save that money as well as live on it. How much can you save? A standard and sensible budget, and advocated by LearnVest and others, is to use a simple formula called 50-20-30. That means you spend 50% of your salary on necessary expenses, and another 30% goes to lifestyle lifestyle expenses, things that make life livable, unless you prefer to live in a hut. It's cable and phone plans, clothes, books, gym fees, child care, pets, restaurants, and entertainment. In other words, you spend 80% of whatever you earn, and you save 20%. Right? 20% for retirement is an aggressive goal. Most people save much less. But on the plan that's proposed here, you should save $20,000 a year if you're making 100, if you net 100,000 after taxes. Get 120,000 a year saved every year, deposited in the bank account, and they're calculating this in the bank accounts, not stocks or bonds or anything else. Bank account to make your retirement as comfortable as possible. But once you reach this pinnacle of saving virtue, how long would it take you to reach the $2.2 million you need uh, as a minimum for retirement? That's if you want to retire on $100,000 a year. 
want to have 100000 a year for each year in your retirement. How much do you need? They're telling you to save $20,000 a year. If you're making 150000 before taxes, you only need another 110 years. You only have to keep working for 110 years, saving $20,000 a year in order to come up with $2.2 million for retirement. There are a lot of impossible assumptions in this aggressive uh, savings plan. For example, even if you reach $150,000 a year salary, you'll not make that uh, forever. You're likely to be laid off one time or another and wind up taking less pay. Some of you will succeed and be billionaires, but most of you won't. Now, maybe you think this is a bit severe. After all, can't you put your money in the stock market where it can make some returns? You could, and you'd earn 4 to 6% a year conservatively, which would help you along. But this plan doesn't trust the stock market. Ideally, your $2.2 million would all be invested in riskless assets. Of course, there's no such thing as a totally riskless asset with possible exception of gold. But in this case, riskless asset uh, you should favor, according to their recommendation, is a kind of treasury bond that protects you against inflation. Oh, I mean, the bonds, yeah, that's where we want to put our money all. We want to give all our money to the government. We want to invest in the government in treasury bonds. They can't sell their bonds into the free market. That's why the Federal Reserve has been buying them. That's why the European Central Bank is going to buy the bonds issued by governments in Europe because the free market won't buy them at the price they want. I mean, all this is evidence that the bonds are certainly dangerous. But they point out they want you to put in a bank account or in the, into these treasury bonds. But they mean, but they go on to point out that no, no risk means no reward. Your capital is presumably safe, according to this article in the Treasuries. I disagree with that. But if it were safe, you're not going to make any interest on it. All right. So you're going to get a zero rate of return. All of this points to the idea that if inflation is, possible, is predominant, the purchasing power of your savings will be diminished. If you're in a zero rate of return investment that's risk-free, during a period of inflation, you're going to lose purchasing power in your savings. If you're in a period when deflation is predominant, the purchasing power of your savings will grow, but the nation will go into a depression. You'll lose your job, or at least you might, and at least your salary will be diminished, and you'll be less able to save for the future. Retirement should include only some thought to regular income rental properties, insurance contracts, owning your own business in a decent investment plan. This is this is their opinion on this. Um, but if you had to make just one investment right now that you expected to last for 20 years, an investment that you could rely on for 10 years, 20 years, what would that investment be? Apple, General Motors, Microsoft, IBM, Berkshire Hathaway, or Gold? And I doubt that there's anyone in the audience that would sit back, well, I'm going to get into Berkshire Hathaway, or I'm going to get into Apple. That's where I'm going to bet my future. If you had to wait for 20, if you had to get, take one investment now, what are you going to take? And there's a lesson there. All right, you got to get into gold. What we're going to do here, let me see where the clock is. We've got about a minute. The article continues. 
saving enough saving enough is not the primary problem with our retirement system. The primary problem is that wages have been dropping for decades, leaving people with much less to save, especially people who live on far, far less than $150,000 a year. What they're coming to is they're just saying, look, you're not going to be able to save enough for your retirement. The vast majority of people will not be able to save enough for their retirement. And that's essentially, that's the essential point of this, this article that's published in The Guardian. And there are implications in that that we're going to talk about when we come back. We're going to take some commercial announcements and when we come back, what are the implications of living in a world where it is increasingly improbable that you will be able to retire? I'm Alfred Adams here with Melody Cedarstrom. We'll be back in a moment. Please take some. Pandemics will be a part of our future. The question is, how do we protect ourselves? Are you willing to put your trust in untested vaccine, hoping it kills mutating viruses? Remember, in 1976, health officials tried to inoculate Americans with swine flu, and there was a 300% death rate for those inoculated, and millions were paid out in damages. God gave you a sophisticated immune system, and in times of need, you can make it 10 times stronger. So there's no need to panic. Just get prepared. Call Apothecary Herbs to order your upgraded pandemic kit. You will have eight professional strength formulas offering broad-spectrum immune-boosting protection. Take a stand. Have a plan. Have peace and request your pandemic kit today. Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free, 866-229-3663, or online, thepowerherbs.com. That's 866-229-3663, or thepowerherbs.com. Food prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Does the cost and risk of conventional health care concern you? Wouldn't you prefer inexpensive solutions to health problems rather than disease management? If so, tune in to Herb Talk Live with herbalist Wendy Wilson every Tuesday and Thursday evening, 7 p.m. on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, where your health care options just became endless.
folks. I'm Alfred Addis here with Melody Cedarstrom on Financial Survival Program. is brought to you by Discount Gold and Silver at 1-800-375-4188 for all your gold and silver coin needs. We've been reading from an article in the, in the Guardian, which is an English publication. Headline is, Why the Multi-Million Dollar Retirement is Not for the Middle Class. And they've gone through and done some mathematics here that says, look, you can't save enough to provide for your retirement, or most people can't. Now, it depends on how what kind of retirement. They use the example of someone who's making $150,000, and they, they get $100,000 after taxes, and they'd like when their retirement they're planning that they'd like to retire on $100,000 a year. Now, if you want to retire at $20,000 a year, yeah, this becomes a workable situation. You can you can save enough to get that done. But if you're living at hundred grand and you want to retire at hundred grand, the mathematics make it almost virtually impossible for you to sustain that income. And the same principle applies if you're living at $25,000 a year, all right, and you'd like to retire at $25,000 a year. The mathematics makes it virtually impossible that you'll be able to do that. You're going to have to take a big cut in your standard of living if and when you get off into the uh, in, into retirement. Now, the implications of this article are that if you can't save enough for your retirement, first will certainty that no one else can either. In other words, private pension funds, 401ks, and government will be at least as unable to save as you are. You can't save for your retirement. What do you think? You think I can save for your retirement or Melody can or the government can? or We're all going to be under a state of financial stress that's going to be different, make things difficult for all retirees. Some of us will be well-heeled and will be able to get by with an adequate retirement. But for those of you who thought you are going to live large during your retirement, <clears throat> the idea of I want to travel and see the world, well, you may be able to go down, you know, cut across the county line or whatever once in a while, take a look at the next county, but you may not be going to Tahiti. Now, again, if you can't save enough for your retirement, no one else can either. And I'm not talking about what's happening right now. When I am talking about the foreseeable future, we're coming on that moment where you won't be able to save enough, government won't be able to save enough, and my point is that if the economic conditions are changing so you can't provide for your own retirement, you can't rely on government to do any better. Now, what's this all mean? It means maybe you're not going to retire. Maybe you're going to need a job to put food on the table long after you turn 65. That's one of the implications. If the math in, the, in this article is valid, if the fundamental argument in the, in the article is valid, it means that you're not going to retire at 65, or at least many of you won't. You know, you thought, oh, yeah, I'm going to retire, or I might even take early retirement. Yeah. No, maybe you're not. Maybe you're going to have to keep on working, and this isn't news. People already are postponing their retirement, and they continue to work beyond 65. Now, it's fortunate that they can work. Right? The bodies and their minds are not so worn out by, by working, as may have been the case a generation or two ago, or just so beat up that get to 65, you weren't going to last much longer anyway. Now you're good for, you're good for a couple more decades, maybe, if you get to 65 won't be a surprise 
and can you retire during these decades? Maybe not. For most of us, retirement will be at least one postponed beyond 65 years of age. Two, it'll be a much lower standard of living than we may have once enjoyed or hoped to enjoy in our golden years. Our retirement, if there is one, could devolve into abject poverty if, one, we don't save aggressively, and two, we trust our savings to an unreliable class of investments. There's a third possibility here also, if we lose our jobs. What we're going to here is possibility, if you're not going to retire, if you can't retire, if you can't save enough for retirement, then it follows that you can't retire. If you can't retire, then by definition, you're going to have to have a job. You're going to have to perhaps start thinking that way. Most of us may have to begin to rethink our plans for retirement. The whole idea of retirement may be fast-fading into some dim recollection of a magical era, sort of like Camelot, when people could stop working and and just enjoy their lives. The odds are growing that you... Uh, may not ever retire, at least not until you're completely disabled physically or mentally. At that point, you can't expect to live much longer. The golden years of retirement that you may have hoped for may be transformed into several golden months spent in the hospital between the time when you quit working and the time when you pass on. These are grim thoughts, but they nevertheless high probability they may be true. Implications of diminishing prospect for retirement go far beyond the fate of senior citizens who say, oh, my gosh, I'm not going to be able to retire. Well, yeah, that's going to be tough on the senior citizens, but is that all? If we're entering an era where retirement is only for the rich and most senior citizens must work or live in poverty, what will that same era mean for the young who are unemployed? and dependent on some sort of government welfare or subsidy. If senior citizens can't save enough money to support a decent retirement, what probability is there that the government will have enough money to fund welfare for the poor and subsidies for the upper classes who are still young, middle-aged, and able-bodied you know, able and able to work? Where you're going to be, well, if, if, the, if the circumstances are such that you can't save enough for your retirement, the government can't save enough for your retirement, what makes anyone think there's going to be money left for the people who are on welfare or depend on government subsidies? The probability, I don't doubt, I, and I'm not predicting that welfare is going to end, but I'm going to predict that it's going to be diminished. Subsidies might end for the rich. There's some, I don't believe in subsidizing the rich at all. I think it's crazy. I mean, I can understand welfare. I'm not, I think it's a bad idea in a lot of respects, but I can understand welfare. I think subsidies for the rich... Um, it's 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 bad business to make us dependent on government for our survival. But even whether it's good business or bad business, if there's not enough money around for you to provide for a decent retirement, just don't see where we're going to find the money to fund welfare and government subsidies. If we're right about this, uh, increasing likelihood that most Americans will enjoy a comfortable retirement signals that the whole nation is heading toward an era of lower wages, fewer jobs, more poverty. We're not going to get, there's not going to be the recovery 
At least it's not on the horizon right now. Yeah, the, the upper 1%, the upper 10%, they may do okay. But for the vast majority of Americans, there is not a recovery in, in our immediate future. What can you do to protect yourself? First of all, you need to adjust your thinking to recognize that you may never retire. Right? If you are one of the people who haven't been able to save enough money for your retirement, you need to rethink the idea, well, I'm going to turn 65 and get the watch, and I'm going to kick back and go fishing. No, maybe not. Maybe that is not going to happen, and you need to start thinking in those terms. I'm not saying that you won't retire. I'm not saying that retirement is impossible, but I am saying that it's becoming increasingly improbable. Two, you should recognize that if you never retire, by definition, you will need a job to survive as a senior citizen. You need to start thinking that way. I'm going to need a job. And if possible, you need to protect your job by owning a viable business. Now, it's, it's, you can't just go out and just invest in a business, buy businesses. You're risking capital to, do, capital to do that. But if you have a business or you have access to one that you think that's good, that's solid, that's viable, not wishful thinking, got to be tough about this, but if you have access to a business that's likely to remain viable over the next 10 or 20 years, I don't care if it's making pastries, I don't care what it is, I don't care if it's rotting sewers, do you have access to a business that you could own that's likely to continue and do reasonably well over the next 10 or 20 years, then you maybe should grab hold of that business. Because owning a business, it's not easy to own a business. And there's a certain amount, there's risk involved with whatever capital you invest in it, but you can't be fired if you own the business. You understand? You can wind up being the crotchety old man or the crotchety old lady who's running the business, but nevertheless, you're the one person in the business whose job is secure. If we're coming into a difficult time, when retirement is not viable, you want to think now. What can I do to make sure I have a job in my 60s and my 70s? What can I do? Business is one of them, is one solution to the problem. If it's viable, not easily done, won't be for everybody, but it's something you can think about. Fourth point, you need to save as much as you can. You need to be aggressive about your savings. Fifth point. Store your wealth in a form that's not easily destroyed by market fluctuations or collapse. The form, in my opinion, will not include stocks, bonds, pension funds, bank accounts, or even stack $100 bills stuffed into your mattress. From my perspective, the best form to ensure that you have savings and or a viable source of income is either going to be a viable business or something like gold and silver. Uh, you're going to have to have something that will protect you, and I doubt, again, if the, the mathematics and fundamental justice argument are correct, Melanie, you, you're probably not going to retire. So, Melody, I know you were going to break out the hats and the champagne today, but I'm suggesting that maybe this is not quite the day to party just yet. Maybe you're not going to retire. 
No, I, I, retirement is not my plan. I mean, I do believe that uh, you work for as long as you can. The problem is so many people who don't have their own business, certainly jobs are going to be scarce. You're going to have the younger generation, and we all know the older we get, the harder it is to, to, to find those jobs. And, uh, you know, plus we're not as, uh, you know, even running your own business when you're 70 and, uh, you know, it, it gets a little, you know, it's uh you know, you don't have the energy that you once uh, did. So. <laughs> yes, but you can always hire some young kid <laughs> and get him. Get that eight step. Yeah. Do the other thing. Uh, the whole thing of it is, if our whole economy and and if we we're not looking for a very good future, it's going to be very difficult for retirees to have any type of of a job or 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 to run business. I mean, we talk about inflation, deflation, and you know those things make it difficult to have businesses because either you know your money doesn't you know get spent or you don't have any. So yes, yeah, dangerous. It's dangerous. It's, it's very dangerous. Matter. So it it is. Now I can remember. My gosh, if you had a hundred thousand dollars, you could retire comfortably. Yeah. Now you need a million plus. Oh, yeah, I don't. It depends on. It just depends on what. If you're comparing to, if you're comparing apples to apples to a hundred thousand dollars, it is a hundred. It is a million plus. You know, for the same type of retirement that you at once could on a hundred thousand dollars. Well, if you want to live, if you, if you don't mind living at say a twenty thousand dollar a year lifestyle, fine. You want to retire, live on twenty thousand dollars a year. That's good for you. That's good for me. I don't mind. Um, but you'll need four, according to this article, you're going to need four hundred forty thousand dollars in savings to support yourself at twenty thousand dollars a year uh, for the balance after you retire. Now, I don't think many people are going to come up with four hundred forty thousand dollars in savings. There is a problem here that implies that a lot of us, and probably a majority of us. Going to you get into your 60s and 70s, you're going to need a job. That's the implication. Or unless you're prepared to get by on little or nothing. If you want to live in poverty, you can. That's not a problem. I mean, poverty is not the end of life in the rest of that sort of thing. It's okay. It's not that terrible. You know, if, if you can if you can get by and put food on the plate, yeah, you get by. But the terrible thing, Al, lifestyle. The terrible thing is. Here we have retirees who have to reduce, and, and yeah, I, I get the whole, you know, Social Security system and so forth. But here you have a retirees who are now looking to where they have to either own their own business or work until they drop, because we have a government that has overspent and has created inflation to where our dollars do not buy the same thing today as they did so many years ago. Yep. We need more and more money today to live. That is not going to go away anytime soon. So our government, Washington, Wall Street, has put people in this position. And just like that billionaire had mentioned, over in Davos, traveling with his family nannies in their private jets, hey, America has it tough, and people are going to have to look to our lower lifestyle. Get over it. Accept it. Well, no, we shouldn't accept it. We should go to those and get things changed so that we can have a monetary policy, that we can change our economy around. And it's not like we're going to have the option of doing it. It's just going to happen because the day of reckoning is coming to where these decisions and, and our monetary policy will change. So, you know, people will have a choice. They can prepare for that time or they can just go down 
with everyone else and live in that lower lifestyle. That's what it, the, the real choice is this. You can continue to live in a fantasy world. The government will encourage you to do so. And a lot of your neighbors will encourage you to do so. Or you can open your eyes and start to deal with the truth and govern yourself accordingly. I mean, this is a situation much like riding on the Titanic. That's, you know, that metaphor is overused probably, but just the same. Everybody on the ship is saying, oh, the ship can't possibly sink, and, you know, yay, let's go to the lounge and have a couple cocktails and so on. But some of the people are looking around and saying, you know, we're going through icy waters here, and those look like icebergs to me, and I think I'm going to get my life jacket and keep it very close at hand. Right? I also think I'm going to stay close to the lifeboats just in case. And I can jump in and, and before we run out of lifeboats because there aren't enough lifeboats on the ship. There weren't on the Titanic. They were so sure it couldn't sink, they didn't have enough lifeboats. We have something similar to that in this country. We have a government and an economy. Oh, can't possibly sink. Well, we'll see. You know, stay close to the lifeboats, and that means stop living in a fantasy. We're going to take a break for some more commercials. Melody and I will be back on Financial Survival. In a moment, please stay tuned. Financial obligations or relationship problems have you feeling stressed out? When life is too much to handle, use Apothecary Herbs Emotional Stress Formula. Feel calm and more in control with herbs especially combined to provide the organic nutrition your system needs to help you cope. Complete instructions for maximum benefit and a money-back guarantee. You've waited long enough. Call Apothecary Herbs now. Toll free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3w.thepowerherbs.com. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it, It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. Invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now.
Hi, folks. I'm Alfred Addis here with Melody Cedarstrom on Financial Survival. We've been talking about retirement, and I guess Melody has a retirement special. Yes, I certainly do, and I have two comments, two emails from um, Murray that he sent us. The first one, he says, gold doesn't pay interest because it is the ultimate currency. When you say fiat currency, because it is the ultimate currency, when you say fiat currency, interest has to be paid because it has inherent risks associated with it. To be a successful retiree, you must save your wealth in gold and silver, spend your fiat for necessities, and stay out of debt. And he is absolutely that he also wrote in and continued on to say the minimalist retirement savings strategist is just one strategy. Hey, I can't talk today, Alfred. It's just one major surgery away from being wiped out. No comment about women not being able to talk, but absolutely. And you know, look at our whole system. Look, look at, look at the jobs that are available. Yeah, you can go find a job, but what the heck is it going to pay? Maybe you can find a part-time job. It's good to work. I get that. I was telling Al during the break. My uncle, he was fortunate. He got to work till he was 80. I think he was 81 when he retired. Uh, That's fantastic. How long uh, did he live after that? He's still living. He's only 80. So he just retired, and the only reason he did retire, he would have worked another year, uh, but uh, he retired because uh, his wife had a a little medical problem. So you know he retired to take care of her. So um, you know that was very he's very fortunate. He's fortunate to have a job that he can do. He's fortunate to be healthy enough to do that job, and he's fortunate to have an employer who kept him on that long. He must have been good at his job. Well, he's just very likable. <laughs> Maybe, you know, he was there for 20 years. He, he actually took the job after he <laughs> retired. Yeah. He retired, got bored, went back to work. And, uh, you know, they were just a very, it was for a school district. And, uh, you know, they, they my uncle's very likable. So that's, you know, everybody calls him Uncle Bob. But anyway, retirement special today. We're going to give you a mixture a Mint State 63 $20 St. Gaudens, one-ounce Gold Eagle coin. You'll receive one Mint State 63 $20 St. Gaudens, one American Gold Eagle, one ounce. You will receive 20 Silver Eagles. That's one ounce each. And you'll also receive 90% silver, $25 face value. And that total package is $3,600, and that includes all your shipping costs. So it's a great little package. You get a little diversification from the uh, numismatic coins, the semi-numismatics, the Mint State 63 St. Gaudens. You get the Bullion Gold Eagle coin. You get Silver Eagles, 20 of those. And I believe those dates, uh, I think we are now have the 2015s and the 90% silver mixture of quarters and dimes. $3,600 includes your shipping costs, 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Got an article here entitled The Real Finding the Real Price of Money. Uh, this was published in goldeagle.com. It says four major monetary zones. I assume they don't identify them, but I assume they mean the United States, Japan, Europe, and presumably China have collectively printed over $40 trillion 
currency units, call them dollars if you want, over the past six or seven years. Most agree that about 180,000 tons of gold exists above ground. At today's price of around 12.50 per ounce, that was when the article was written, it's a little higher now. Um, but nevertheless, at that price, it translates into about seven, the, the amount of gold is worth about $7.2 trillion. It's above ground right now. The gold price would need to rise at least five and a half times back all of the $40 trillion in world fiat currency that's been pyramided in the last six, seven years. And that would work out to about $7,000 per ounce of gold. At a 10 to 1 ratio, at a 10 to 1 ratio, they're saying 10 ounces of silver to 1 ounce of gold, that would put silver somewhere around $700 an ounce. The only way to pull this monetary fiasco together, and they're talking about the whole world global financial system, without defaulting the entire edifice, is to revalue the metals to that, to that level. Would the world's governments do that? No way. Will it happen? Naturally, they say, and I'd say inevitably, perhaps. Though not without disorder and confusion. Well, it's just a little argument. Right? Here's someone that does, you know, does a little figuring and he comes up with a number that gold would have to go up to something like $7,000 an ounce to back all of the fiat currency that's out there. They're not going to back all the fiat currency that's out there. Nobody has any intention of backing all that currency. I mean, it, I mean, there's these numbers been floating around. No, I, yeah, I mean, if, go this if, if, yeah, I've seen numbers that if you base, you know, to figure it out it's per debt, uh, with all the debt in the world, you're looking at $50,000 mm-hmm. for an ounce of gold. Um, but certainly, and I, I think the debt is uh, – um, because of this is the debt, as you often say, it's too big. It can't be paid. It can't be paid. The debt is, you know, and then what can't be paid won't be paid. And if you're holding a financial debt instrument, all right, a piece of paper with someone's signature on it that has a number in the upper right-hand corner, those are debt instruments. They include stocks and bonds and dollar bills and pension accounts and bank accounts, the rest of that sort of thing. If you're holding that piece of paper, you are holding a debt instrument. It's not a payment. And the time is coming when we are not going to, when we're not going to be able to pay, it's going to be admitted that we can't pay the debt. It's obvious anyone who looks at it, we can't pay the debt. But it's our little secret. We're just going to pretend, let's pretend there's nothing wrong, we're all okay. But you know what, Al? People must believe that the debt will continue. Because they're more than happy to keep their shares, their paper, and to continue as though everything is fine. We'll just continue as is. You know, they, they don't even want to – Even there's lots of people who recognize that there is a day of reckoning coming. coming. But, you know, hey. They don't know what else to do good. about it. The, the, you know, the total ignorance, not just about the economy and the financial system, but just even the nature of money and the nature of investments – the ignorance level is huge, right? We have been conditioned to think certain ways. That conditioning is based on certain things you could do that would be successful in the past. We've been led to believe that they will continue to be successful. You know, I'm inclined to look at it and say, no, I don't think so. 
Well, I'm looking at it, and I say, uh, I think your fundamental premises are wrong here. And, and when you try to explain that to other people, they'll look at you as if you are speaking in tongues and say, what's wrong with that guy? you got to invest in the Tao. Don't you understand the Tao Jones? That's what you got. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. All you get when you invest, you invest your wealth. You know, you can sit back and say, I'm only investing some paper dollars. You got those dollars, or most of you got those dollars, by virtue of your work, your sweat, right? your, your effort. And they gave you some pieces of paper. And that is, and insofar as you're able to save any of those pieces of paper, that's a measure of how much wealth you are saving. What is the wealth? It is how much you produced and didn't consume. Wealth is if you made $100,000 and you saved $20,000, you spent $80,000, that $20,000, there's, there's wealth there. It's what you haven't consumed. You earned it, but you didn't consume it. You saved it. Right? What are you going to do with it? Keep it in paper? You know, everybody knows what I'm going to say here. I mean, if you've listened to this program a few times, you know what I'm going to say, but all of that paper, there's more paper out there than can ever be repaid. And I don't know which paper is going to be paid. I don't know which paper is not going to be paid. But it's not going to be just a situation where 10% of the paper debt instruments aren't paid. It is inconceivable to me that the world is going to be able to pay 50%. I can't imagine that. Right? I can't imagine that they're going to be able to pay 50%. But even if they do, it'll be enough. Even, even if they are able to pay 50% of the debt, they're going to wipe out another 50% of the debt. What's that mean? It means 50% of all the paper debt instruments in the world are going to turn out to be worthless. And I don't think they can get to 50%. I don't think they can pay 50%. I don't think they can hold that together. I think this is going to go, when it goes down, we're going to have maybe 10, 20% tops that will be paid to the debt instruments of people that hold the stocks, the bonds, the pension funds, the rest of it, 20% maybe, 10% more likely will get their money out of their wealth, their purchasing power somehow. I don't even know how. But those of you, from my perspective, when you look at that debt, this, the, the conclusion, the implication is obvious. You've got to get out of that paper. Now, I know you have to deal with it. You have to do it's the way the world works. You've got to have some paper. You've got to have paper dollars. Go out there and buy some groceries. I get that. But if you have any, you have any wealth that you have stored up, it is, in my opinion, you're taking a significant and perhaps an enormous risk by keeping that wealth, your energy, your blood, sweat, and tears that you put into the work over the years, you, that's your wealth. If you store it in the form of paper, it is vulnerable to fire, right? And not just the kind of fire where the house catches on fire, the bank burns or something like that. It's, it's vulnerable to an economic fire. And uh, you take, in my opinion, a risk, a big risk. But people have been conditioned to believe that's the way to go. They have confidence. And so they go that way. And, when the, and, and in the worst-case scenario, they are going to wish to God that they had not done so. Will we get the worst-case scenario? Nobody knows. It's worst case is the least likely, but it doesn't mean that something very unpleasant isn't headed our way. And if so, we may be well off to 
keep your wealth, store your wealth, store your life. It's like your Kodak moments, you know? You can get got a little album, got a disk of space on your hard drive. You're keeping your Kodak moments, those little those little film mementos. That's what those dollar bills are. That's what your savings are. They are kind of like Kodak moments. You say this is this is when I saved, you know, two hundred dollars back in September, and here's where I saved five hundred dollars. Here's where I saved a hundred thousand dollars. Well, if you're keeping those your Kodak moments, you know, in nothing more than paper, taking a risk. On the other hand, storm and gold, storm is something tangible, something that won't burn. You are much better protected. There is no guarantee for any of this. There's always risk, no matter what you do, and that's just the nature of life. But you can be prudent. You just be sensible. But trying to communicate that to most Americans right now is an extremely difficult project, in part because if the kinds of ideas that I'm advocating right now, if those ideas are roughly correct, it points to a grim future. Not many of us want to face that grim future. You understand? It is uncomfortable it requires a change in our mindset, a different a shift in, re, in, in, in responsibility. You have to start preparing things that you don't want to face. Human nature, not to want to consider. But it doesn't excuse. Human nature does not excuse a refusal to consider what may be coming. You have an obligation. Sit back, look at this, figure it out. Make up your own mind and see if you agree. I'm not telling you that what I, my opinions on these things are absolutely accurate and they're God's word and God's own word or whatever. I'm not giving you prophecy here, but I am giving you what strikes me as logic, and you can look at it yourself and say, hmm, hmm, well, let's see, if we do this, let's calculate the debt, let's divide it by the number of people, let's see how much debt there is to be paid off, and can the individual man, woman, and child pay that level of debt? It's not going to be paid. It means that relative debt instruments are worthless. Those are worthless. The people that are storing their wealth in the form of these paper debt instruments are going to be wiped out. You want to be wiped out? If not, what do you do? It's not just a sales pitch. It is a, in my, my, as far as I'm able to see, it's a true explanation of what is at least probable in our future. You know, I'm not telling you that the Titanic is definitely going to sink, but I am telling you that we are in precarious circumstances where it'd be a good idea. Hang on to that life vest and stand close to a lifeboat. Lifeboat, you may be needing it. You may also be needing to tune in to Melody and myself tomorrow. We'll be back at that time. We're out of time today. We'll return tomorrow. Hope you'll join us then. In the meantime, the good Lord bless you, me, Melody, and Frank, the producer. Bye-bye. Well, be man, I wouldn't have to work at all. I'd go around.
Does the cost and risk of conventional health care concern you? Wouldn't you prefer inexpensive solutions to health problems rather than disease management? If so, tune in to Herb Talk Live with herbalist Wendy Wilson every Tuesday and Thursday evening, 7 p.m. on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, where your health care options just became endless. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be dependent on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from ABR. The ABR system includes a receiver, an LND, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541 541- Two two five four six five nine. That's five four one two two five four six five nine. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click the satellite system. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulphur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
fighting soldiers from the sky. Fearless men who jump and die. Men who mean just what they say. The brave men of the Green Beret. Silver wings upon their chest. These are men, America's best. One hundred men will test today, but only three when the Green Beret. Train to live off nature's land. Trained in combat, hand to hand. Men who fight by night and day. Courage takes from the Green Beret. All right, everybody. Well, I'll let you listen to a little more than normal there. Trained in combat. Hand the gland. Ah, it's all true. And uh, I need, we need to bring these young men and women who are now over in any part of Islam, bring them back. Just like I told you yesterday, when we had 5,900 dead, said it'll be more tomorrow. It is. 5,902 now. So, <clears throat> which do you pick? How many tomorrow? How long do we wait till finally we say, you know, I don't want two more today. I don't want three. I don't want a half a dozen. I'm sick and tired of this. What are we doing there? We have the commander-in-chiefs, our president's State of the Union message, starting in about four hours. It uh, will start, I guess, actually it's a 9 uh, p.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, which you know rolls back to 6 out here in the West. And what is interesting about uh, Obama's State of the Union is really not what he has to say, because this is the first campaign speech that we will hear for the year 2012 election. And, you know, they've put out a lot of hoopla about this. This begins the president's uh, campaign. This is not what it's supposed to be. But it's all right. Tonight they're going to have dramatic music for the first time ever to try to heighten and Hollywoodize what Obama has to say. What is interesting about this uh, State of the Union, one is that they're making a mockery of it, calling it date night, because 
rather than the Republicans on one side and the Democrats on another, uh, they are going to try to mix them up so that people, you know, can snuggle up next to their buddies to show uh, kind of like uh, Lennon. I'm talking about John Lennon's uh, song. Uh, you know, if the world uh, would all just be nice, we could have peace. And remember Obama, he said, I don't like the Star-Spangled Banner and all of that uh, rocket's red glare. He said, if I could, I would change the Star-Spangled Banner to be uh, John Lennon's song. And, uh, you know, the world all sings together, the Coca-Cola song. Well, tonight, after the Obama show, it's pretty interesting because uh, they have a Republican that normally gives the conservative side, the Republican side. This is a fellow named Paul Ryan. But, as I mentioned to you, Scalia, the Supreme, not Supreme uh, Chief Justice, but a Supreme Court Justice member yesterday, he talked to uh, the Tea Party in the Capitol, Tea Party representatives, a coalition. Well, tonight, after Obama's campaign speech, they will have the Republican, Paul Ryan, and following Paul Ryan will be Michelle Bachman, who is a Tea Party spokesperson. Now, I wonder if uh, the Tea Party might have been talking all along about saying, you know, America really needs a third party. Kind of like Perot's United We Stand. I mean, we have tried the third party approach to choosing a constitutional, conservative, Christian, right (laughs) president, and it hasn't worked. I mean, the uh, populist party, you know, for example, started a long time ago uh, when the candidate stood for Uh, silver, free silver. If you could pull silver out of the ground, uh, you could uh, mine it, you could mint it. Well, it didn't work. And Atros Perot, he wrote a book. Now, I I know Perot, and uh, I've never known Perot do anything that cost him money. He usually makes money. And he did off of the run for president. He sold a book that he wrote for a lot more than he actually put out. United We Stand, now they bought a lot of time on television, and Perot came out with his charts and this kind of stuff. But still, while he got ballot qualified on every state in the union, nevertheless, it was just a fraction of the votes, enough that Daddy Bush did not win a second term. 
and Bill Clinton uh, did win the retrobate. Now, is it better to have a retrobate? Is it better to have a buffoon in the presidency than it is somebody uh, who is thinks that they're, they're smarter than everybody else, and that gives them license to be above the law, and they figure America is, are dummies, that the Congress is liberal, and so uh, they need the deal in drugs so they can have an ocean of unaccountable cash so that they don't need Congress, so they can run their operations to put the world where they want it. And the United States uh, in whatever position they would have it. Well, uh, you're going to see uh, more and more. I think it's the 4th of February that is actually Ronald Reagan's birthday, and I voted for him twice, as I've said. But when you look, and people say the Reagan administration, you know, I think there's a movement to replace uh, Washington. Uh, Adams, Jefferson, Andy, well, Andy Jackson was never popular because he ran all the banks out. Gosh, I love what he said. You know, you should memorize this yourself. Andrew Jackson, seventh president of the United States, old hickory, said, quote, when they tried to take over like the Fed did, he said, you are a den of vipers and thieves. And by the power of the Almighty, I'll rout you out. I think they all grabbed their hindmost parts, and they high-stepped it right out of Washington District of Criminals. And the debt of America, when Andy Jackson left office, was zero. And that's what it's supposed to be. Now Obama is going to try to convince us tonight we have to be brave in spending money, because Obama would reduce America, it is my opinion, to a third world nation. He is a global, my gosh, look and see how he grew up. You know, they won't let you see what his college thoughts were as he wrote different themes and theses, as he expressed himself in government and political science and this kind of thing, because they don't want you. It's like they won't show you his birth certificate. He is above the law. Interestingly enough, you know his chief of staff, Rom Emanuel, uh, he was kicked off the ballot for the mayor of Chicago. The election is next month in February. And uh, he uh, made an appeal to the Supreme Court of Illinois, and the Supreme Court put him back on the ballot. So right now, uh, Rahm Emanuel is back on the ballot uh, to become mayor of Chicago. Now, he will have an appeal and they say that they are going to hear the appeal, Rahm Emanuel, uh, to stay on the ballot. 
and that they will give it uh, special attention. Oh, yes. And they will come down uh, in time uh, for everybody to vote for Rahm Emanuel with their Article 3 decision. So Rahm Emanuel, why did they kick him off the ballot? Why do they say he wasn't eligible? Is because the law is clear. The law says that for the past uh, year or two, in Rahm Emanuel's case, it doesn't make any difference with one or two years, you must have resided in Illinois. Well, Rahm Emanuel did not reside in Illinois since uh, Obama was elected president. Rahm Emanuel was appointed as the chief of staff. By the way, it's kind of interesting because, you know, Obama's uh, vocation was as a neighborhood organizer. Kind of sounds like something uh, with a union. And actually, it is a union-type concept. As an organizer, you go around, you sign people up on the Democratic ticket, for example. Uh, You convince people. You tell them you'll give them $5 a piece. You convince them. You'll pick them up and take them to the polls, and uh, you will uh, bring them back home. Uh, You'll drop them, uh, you know, buy McDonald's so they can uh, get a hamburger and fries. This is what a neighborhood organizer does. Uh, You get the influence packaged so that uh, people will vote the way that uh, your gang, which was the daily machine, uh, want, want people to vote concerning education and other matters uh, of government. So is this a real job? Well, the uh, pollsters are interesting. You know, and I've told you this before, but part of getting a legitimate Uh, graduate degree is taking a course or courses in statistics so that you will understand uh, how you can twist numbers and demean almost anything so that you can deal uh, with these polls and uh, see through the smoke and mirrors. But nevertheless, it is an interesting statistic that out of all of Obama's appointees, these are his czars, including the communist that was his uh, green czar, the guy that had uh, total power over all of the environmental projects, uh, he was a communist. His job was as being a communist, which means you're an enemy of the United States. So when it was exposed and the guy acknowledged, yes, I am a communist. Remember, these people weren't being vetted by the Senate. These were czars that were being appointed. Only seven, that's like five, six, seven, only 7% of Obama's appointees have ever held 
salary hourly, weekly, monthly, where you have to pay into Social Security. And it answers the question why uh, last year at the State of the Union, Obama uh, rather, uh, I think, in poor taste, criticized the U.S. Supreme Court justices, and it's a good reason why three Republican-nominated justices will not be going this evening to the President's State of the Union. Alito, Scalia, who talked yesterday to the Tea Party, and Clarence Thomas. They will not be there, which means that there are six justices who apparently will show up, including the chief justice of the Supreme Court, Roberts. But it'll be interesting uh, to count the black robes and see if Obama you know, has learned any more uh, protocol and if he insults the Supreme Court again or the chief, joint chiefs of staff or whatever. God knows time will tell. I don't personally believe right now that I will listen to Obama's State of the Union because he has already released to the media uh, basically the entire speech. Uh, They have uh, publicized this thing as being a kickoff to his uh, 2014 campaign, or 2012 campaign, and uh, with this dramatic music, and uh, with his, uh, we've got to be brave to spend money. And they're going to do some other uh, pretty showy uh, things. They're going to uh, recognize uh, the hero of uh, the Phoenix uh, shooting. And uh, they will uh, pull a few other Uh, rabbits out of a hat like that so that uh, they can uh, make it look good. That's what the whole purpose is, apparently. Let's jump uh, for a moment because I want to tie this thing in uh, a point. I told you yesterday about the uh, bomber that when you come out of the Moscow airport, uh, you're in sort of a large uh, pinned-up area you know, where you've got your bag now. You get your bag, and you're looking uh, to leave the airport, uh, and it is a jam. Uh, many, many cities have this uh, controlled area, and apparently what the cameras have shown is that a woman in the company of a, a man opened her suitcase, and bam. 35 people are dead, 200 are injured. Now, it's interesting because the president of Russia says that uh, he, it is his opinion, 
that their airport security needs to be punished because they didn't do their job. Well, that is Russia's TSA, thousands standing around. And the president blames them for poor security. Well, what I think it does is, uh, when you look at Pistola, and uh, you look at the dwarf who I don't think knows a, uh, the National uh, Security, Homeland Security Secretary, Nabal I don't think she knows a thing about uh, security. But they are now, you just watch and see, they are now going to be able uh, to ramp up and support more and more uh, TSA control so that we don't have the same things happening in America that's happened in the Soviet Union. And it's interesting because just as they are doing that, yesterday when that happened, Jesse Ventura, remember that guy? He was a one-term Minnesota uh, governor. He was a professional wrestler. And Jesse Ventura sued yesterday the TSA. And I thought, I've got just a couple of minutes until our break, let me go ahead and uh, just cite for you the, uh, this is KS. TP Television, Minneapolis and St. Paul. It says, former Governor Jesse Ventura never shied away from a battle during his one term as Minnesota's chief executive. Now, as a television performer, uh, as he describes himself in a new lawsuit, the former pro wrestler is trying to launch a legal smackdown against the agencies that are supposed to protect the flying public. In a complaint filed Monday, it's yesterday, in U.S. District Court for Minnesota, Ventura is suing the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and its secretary, Janet Napolitano, as well as Transportation Security Administration and its administrator, John Pistola. Ventura accuses the agencies of violating his basic rights to privacy and dignity and his right to be free from unreasonable seizures and searches after he received a pat-down by a TSA agent at Minneapolis-St. Paul. Says Ventura, who said he has a titanium implant after hip replacement in 2008, alleges that the pat-down included warrantless, non-suspicion-based offensive touching gripping and rubbing of his genitals and other sensitive areas of his body, which the lawsuit contends met the definition for an unlawful sexual assault. And so uh, Ventura is going to challenge uh, TSA, but in view of the explosion and it, this is not Osama bin Laden's uh, people uh, doing this. Now, these are breakaway countries from Russia. Formerly, the Soviet Union, uh, there were a whole lot of countries that basically were occupied by Russian soldiers 
and they were under the Soviet Union. Now that the wall has fallen down and that USSR has split up, there are a number of countries that want to be free from Russia that Russia will not uh, turn them loose. So these countries have been fighting guerrilla style uh, for years. And uh, so don't think that it's the same guys that took down the New York Towers and the Pentagon uh, back in 2002. It's not. Uh, this uh, are those that would fight against uh, Russia uh, separately. All right, we're going to have to take a little bit of a pause, but there are a lot of interesting things in the news that I think that you uh, will agree once you hear them. Yeah, this we need to know about. So please stay with us, and we'll be right back. about distilled water. If you decide on bottled water, make sure it's distilled. However, in the long run, you'll save money if you clean your water at home. It's more convenient than hauling gallon jugs from the store. The gold standard for purifying your water is a system that distills your water and filters it. You have the comfort of knowing there is no chlorine, fluoride, bacteria, viruses, pesticides, or lead. You get nothing but H2O, maximum health. Dr. Robert C. Willis, Jr., M.D. Order your tabletop water distiller for $139.99 postpaid. It comes with everything you need to get pure distilled water. Go to superstore.theamericanvoice.com. That's superstore.theamericanvoice.com. Order now. Can your family survive a food shortage lasting two weeks, six months, or maybe longer? Sound far-fetched? We live in precarious times. There is an ever-increasing possibility of food shortages caused by terrorist attacks, natural disasters, truck strikes, or monetary collapse. You owe it to yourself and family to prepare, and you can by getting a supply of our long-storing, freeze-dried, dehydrated foods. Our foods are time-tested to store for decades, require a minimum of time and energy to prepare while maintaining superior nutritional value, freshness, and taste. Our foods were designed for the space program and are in constant use today by our own nuclear submarine service. Contact the Freeze Dry Guide today Freeze Dry Guide at Lancet.com. That's Freeze Dry Guide at L A N S E T.com or call 530-265-8333. 530-265-8333. And let them know you heard it on American Voice Radio. What makes deep sea salt from France so different? Up from the ocean depths in the south of France flow undersea rivers of pristine sea water. At high tide, the prepared salt ponds are filled with this water. Over spring and summer, processed only by ocean breezes and sunshine, the brine thickens and salt crystals float to the top. 
These are harvested with nets and deposited on wooden drainage flats to dry. The salt is then gathered up, packaged, and shipped around the world. This salt is much more than a box of liposodium chloride. Soldiers worth their salt were once paid with this valuable commodity. It contains 78 to 84 balancing elements. This is living salt, and once you have tasted it, you will never go back to anything else. I've seen this salt in gourmet shops for $30 a pound. Get it now at 4spectrum.us for under $8 a pound. Order 10 pounds and enter the coupon code AVRSALT at checkout and save $20. Ships free to your door or call 800-581-8906. Order today. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19, 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Jack 
is uh, still vertical and seems to be uh, doing well and still quite interested and involved in constitutional issues. Every other word that Jack spoke was uh, constitution, and uh, that can't be all bad. As a matter of fact, I asked him about Richard Mack. Richard Mack was the sheriff down there in the easternmost county of Arizona, right on the New Mexico border. And uh, when it uh, came to the Brady Bill, uh, where uh, the government, kind of like you having to get Obamacare, no, you don't, not constitutionally. Well, what happened is that the federal Brady Bill required sheriffs to do, and there are 3,000 counties in America, so there were 3,000 sheriffs that would have been required to do background investigations on anyone buying a firearm, and it was Sheriff Richard Mack, this little tiny uh, county down in uh, easternmost uh, Arizona on the New Mexico border that said no. And there was a sheriff up in Montana who also said, you know, Jack uh, and Sheriff Mack, uh, no, let's join this thing. So they stood firm in their protest. It went to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court ruled that it is unconstitutional for the federal government to require that states, counties, cities, individuals be required to perform or to get certain things, like you must buy into the Obama health care. You've got to have uh, this health care plan. Everybody can't do that because the Supreme Court has ruled that the government cannot require that. Now, remember, it was Minnie Me Bush who was going to require everyone in the United States to have a special uh, United States identification card. And he put uh, the onus on the state DMVs, Department of Motor Vehicles, so that the driver's license could be turned into a Bush uh, administration-approved ID card. Well, now in the great state of Nevada, they're coming pretty close to that. And, oh, by the way, what happened? The time came when it was that every citizen had to have, you know, by April uh, this, I think it was April 20th, which is Hitler's birthday, uh, ironically enough, or you uh, would not be able uh, to come into federal buildings uh, or have federal services or fly commercially on federally licensed aircraft. And uh, about 24 of the states said, no, we're not doing it. We're suing you. So the attorney generals uh, stood in mass. They brought a federal suit, and 
what? And but the guys that started it all off really were Sheriff Richard Mack and this old uh, harder than woodpecker lip uh, sheriff up in Montana, and guys like Jack McLam, a police officer from Phoenix. And uh, by golly, they just said no. You know, this is against the American Constitution. Supreme Court supported them. So the states, that's why we don't have uh, many me Bush IDs uh, that are uh, federal IDs because the states said no. And so as it comes up, uh, there are states, organizations, individuals that uh, are ready uh, to bring suit if this Obamacare. Now, it has passed the lame duck session. And, of course, uh, Obama, uh, I mean, it is law, but the House of Representatives has reversed it. Now, my Senator Harry Reid, who still leads the Senate, but with only one vote, actually, if you count two independents in the Senate, uh, it's uh, 49 to 50. And so, uh, still, nevertheless, that keeps Reid uh, in power. And he has said he will not allow the Senate to vote on the repealing the Obama health care. Well, if this fails, if Reed just cannot stand up there and basically give a finger uh, to the American people, does the majority want the bill repealed? Then Obama has said that he will veto it. And if he vetoes it, then uh, it has been an exercise uh, in, uh, in some kind of Shakespearean uh, show business because now they don't have the Republicans because you have to be able to overrule by two-thirds vote the president's veto. And they don't have the vote, certainly not in the Senate and uh, not even in the House of Representatives. And so it uh, is for naught. But if Obama tries to enforce the Obama health care plan and force everybody to uh, purchase this health care insurance, then uh, is when the states, organizations, individuals say no. And it's already uh, already been tried, and uh, the Supreme Court, has ruled on it, no, you can't do that. It's unconstitutional unless the federal government is going to pay for everybody's health insurance, and the federal government's not going to do that. So the federal government cannot require that uh, all these people buy into this. So it is now, when you look at it, uh, you may say, well, both, uh, the federal government does uh, require uh, some things. Well, see, the sheriffs uh, now, uh, 
you know, that was ruled that the federal government cannot require these 3,000 uh, county uh, sheriffs to uh, do the background investigations unless the federal government is going to reimburse them for personnel and time and energy and this kind of stuff. So uh, you say, well, what about driver's licenses? Well, the there are police powers, and where it comes uh, to the safety of the American people, there's an old patriot uh, issue uh, that is probably got as much dust on it now as most of the Bibles in the houses and the homes of America, and that is we have a right to travel. Yes, we do. But it has been ruled by the Supreme Court of the United States that the citizen's right to travel is not greater than the state's police power to ensure that the travel is safely done. In other words, you, you cannot get on public roads. You can travel all right, but you can't travel on uh, public roads unless you have a license that shows that uh, your vehicle is uh, safe uh, and will not uh, become uh, you know, a threat uh, to other people and that you know how to operate that vehicle so that you don't become a threat. So the fact is, is that I have watched this thing and you know, I have, I've told people we started a community, a constitutional community up in Idaho, at Kamei, Idaho, a place called Almost Heaven. And uh, there were people there who wanted to test the Constitution, test the state laws. And I said, fine. But what you have to do is, because you can use the courts, a jury can, and a, for, let me give you an example. It used to be that you couldn't run away as a slave. And if you did and they caught you, then you could be tried and punished and ultimately returned, of course, to the you know, as chattel to the person that uh, owned you. Well, the juries refused to find runaway slaves guilty. So they had to change the law in the United States because the juries just said no. So you can change in the ballot box. You can change by using the jury box. And ultimately, you can change by the cartridge box. But that, you see, when you look at it, uh, do you think that being in uh, that anarchy is better than, uh, let's say, uh, oppressive government or inefficient government or government maybe like Obama that uh, is taking the foundation of America, turning it into paper uh, through the U.S. Mint and allowing foreign governments to basically uh, buy us up and own us. What does America contribute to this new world uh, odor? Uh, with no borders and one citizenship? Well, the soldiers, of course. 
we'll be the enforcers. That's what America has proven. We won World War One. Well, certainly it wasn't France or Belgium or Great Britain, was it? And we won World War Two. And so America has an abundance of warriors. And so, geez, that's the New World Order says, well, we got plenty for America to do. Anyway, listen, if you want, to the Obama speech. Uh, I have literally been bombarded with it, so I think I've already heard it. I don't care for the dramatic uh, music. I do salute those uh, who disarmed this shooter in Phoenix, and I'm glad that uh, the president is going to recognize them. I don't, uh, you know, I hope that he does it. Uh, with some idea that he is recognizing them, that it is not to be made some kind of ploy uh, for his re-election campaign. Now, just a couple other things that uh, I think are really important for you. Uh, there are some movies. They're going to have the Oscars uh, coming out before too long. And uh, I've looked over the list of movies and I've got a recommendation uh, for you. The uh, King's Speech is right now being uh, touted by Hollywood as uh, probably the best movie of the year. And I don't know if it's the best movie of the year, but it certainly is a great movie. I, as a therapist, have worked with people who have uh, stuttering problems. A lot of them are veterans, and a lot of the stuttering hinges on the letter S. And with hypnotherapy, it is simplified greatly because you can cut right through uh, all of the let's go back and find when you started stuttering and why. And what happens is now with hypnotherapy that can be done in an hour but if you're just talking to someone and in this case in the king's speech you've got king george the sixth who has england at war in 1939 germany has marched into poland england now has uh, uh, has treaties with poland they are at a place of war uh, it is very dangerous the king george v uh, who was a very strong king died uh, king edward uh, who wanted to marry the commoner he had to abdicate his throne this is a real true story king george VI couldn't speak he could not give a speech he couldn't get through now he had a therapist who was a commoner who didn't have a PhD, who wasn't uh, credentialed. But this therapist was able to help the king. But you see, the royal family doesn't like to talk about private things. So the movie's made well to show you how uh, this guy finally gets uh, King George the Sixth to uh, open up so that he understands why and how he started stuttering. Now, why do veterans uh, often uh, 
stuttering, stuttering veterans. How do they, uh, why, what has S to do with it? A lot of the trauma of war is when you are caught in, uh, in bombardments. And, of course, in Vietnam, uh, the North Vietnamese fired uh, rockets. They fired mortars all the time at night. Uh, it was obvious where the Americans were, and so it was fairly simple uh, for the North Vietnamese to bombard uh, these Americans. Well, artillery has a uh, noise to it as it is coming in or as it's going across your head. And it is an, an S sound, a hard S sound. And so, 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 so a lot of veterans having endured that until the point of indelible trauma now, the fact is, in curing that, you need to be able to take uh, the person who has that disability back to a time when they were not stuttering. Let's say in a veteran's case, he goes back to where he was in high school, everything's fine. By the way, nobody stutters under hypnosis when you're relaxed. And you bring the person forward until there he is. It's the night of the bombardment where he was certain he was going to die. Friends died around him. But the point is you, you make it clear that he did not die, that that GI is safe, and he doesn't need to recall the swooshing of the artillery. And so that way you can uh, do a lot for uh, helping people. So that is a good movie, and I would highly recommend it uh, for you. There are a couple of movies that Hollywood says are great that I'd advise you against. One is The Black Swan, which has to do with Satanism, and also The Kids Are uh, All Right, which has to do with lesbians. Now, something that uh, you might also want to consider is that uh, new car loans are the lowest that uh, they have been since people can remember. So if you are thinking about getting a vehicle, then this may be a good time. If you're thinking about getting a loan, for example, to uh, rather than move to a new house with all the costs of moving, closing, all of the legal expenses, just to kind of redo your own house because the loan uh, interests are so low now. So I'm thinking myself of maybe taking out a loan from the Pentagon uh, that would, uh, you know, that is very easy to pay back and just try to fix things up around here so it'll lift your attitude. And uh, even though uh, you may say, well, boy, this seems like a heck of a time, Bo, to, uh, you know, to start spending money. Well, it might be a good time. I know of a dear, dear friend uh, who uh, changed her name because of a past which uh, dogged her and which made life difficult for her and brought up too many uh, difficult memories. And so by changing her name to something that was 
bright and positive. Uh, it has opened up uh, new emotional, spiritual uh, pathway for her. So let's start thinking about, you know, like special forces where there are no rule books. So we can start uh, maybe moving ahead powerfully, strongly in this new year. I'm going to start uh, our uh, karate training in Sandy Valley over again. I did that in 1983. Of course, I was still working as a secret squirrel, and I got called on many overseas um, uh, assignments, and I couldn't stay with the class, and so it went away. So now it is 25 years later, and I'm going to uh, start it again and see if I can't. Obama is done with me, I believe, and so I will uh, try to finish something that I started uh, you know, 25 years ago. And I think it's for, uh, it's got good reason. So think about those kinds of things, if you will. All right, now, um, if you are in Florida, just a warning, there is a major tornado warning that extends almost the entire uh, state. It doesn't go down to Miami. But Tampa and Orlando, uh, all along the uh, center uh, spine of Florida, which runs generally north-south, there's a tremendous storm. And uh, they are looking for numerous tornadoes, which in Florida you have a lot of people uh, that live in, uh, well, they call them manufactured homes, a lot of fancy things, but they're trailer houses. And they don't stand up well uh, to upwards of a 600-mile-an-hour uh, twisting wind. Now, also, all along the East Coast, uh, you, if you are planning, be careful about your travel because the East Coast is, uh, is going to undergo severe winter storms uh, starting today. And it may mean, just like it did here a couple of weeks ago, Nobody's going anywhere. And what happens is if you can't get planes out of New York or New Jersey or North Carolina, uh, then or Boston, which is supposed to go up to, uh, then uh, those planes maybe don't fly uh, into or out of Denver and Atlanta. So everything starts stacking up all the way back to L.A. So if you're planning on traveling, you need to, uh, I mean, I'm talking about today. Before you run down to the airport, make sure that you call and uh, are certain that your aircraft is going to be safe as it travels. If you're going into Chicago and you're taking these commuters, I wouldn't do it. Uh, I'm a pilot, a commercial pilot, and I'm here to tell you, you get held up over Chicago in these uh, wintry storms and uh, the aircraft, they cannot keep up with the de-icing, and it is dangerous. So uh, large jet airliners, yes. Small commuters, no. All right, guys, we're going to have to let you go uh, for today. And uh, just think about the things that I've mentioned to you. And try to do things that are going to be positive in your life. And I'll have more ideas for you later. So God bless you.
Fearless men who jump and die. Men who mean just what they say. The brave men of the Green Beret. Silver wings upon their chest. These are men, America's best. One hundred men will test today, but only three when the Green Beret. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC sees in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be dependent on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from ABR. The ABR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541 225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click the satellite system. Few things in this world are more important than clean, pure water. Understanding this, ABR makes four tabletop water distillers available to you for purchase. First, we have the five and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $139. The second is a five and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $189. The third is a three and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $189. And our premier tabletop distiller is a three and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $250. All our distillers have a stainless steel boiling pot, dome, and cooling tubes. And the premier version also has a splash flap to protect against contamination of the cooling tubes. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com for more information and protect your water supply. shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays at 6 p.m. Pacific.
those who control the White House, which would be the the international banksters, want advanced. The CDC directs the public health institutions and even has employees stationed in their state offices. The CDC ignores congressional reports and or hearings. The CDC actively discredits and destroys reputable researchers. The CDC bilks insurance companies out of billions of dollars by knowingly creating disease through their massive vaccination programs. The CDC hires private think tank corporations to produce phony consensus reports. And the CDC promotes the dumping of toxic waste from the chemical fertilizer, the aluminum, and the steel industry in the public drinking water in the name of fluoride to allegedly control cavities. Now, while most physicians and public health workers may be aware of the depth of the cover-up regarding vaccines, the harm that they are causing is incalculable and the damage being inflicted on us and our children is devastating. And since the illnesses or the injuries caused by the toxic vaccines frequently do not show up for weeks or even years, the medical industrial complex maintains plausible deniability. So many good physicians have come forward and exposed the dangers of vaccines as I have been doing for years. And the truth is everywhere. All that is needed is for people to educate themselves. Do you understand? Many good people, many good professionals, many good non-professionals are working together to get out the truth. Now, with regard to the vaccine program, there are four indisputable facts. One, vaccines cause illnesses and injuries, and neither the public nor the health practitioners have been told the truth by CDC Incorporated. In March of 2011, An investigation of scientists exposed that the United Kingdom government had been covering up the harmful effects of vaccines for the past 30 years. And their study, Health Hazards of Disease Promotion, was presented to the British Society for Ecological Medicine and basically exposed that the U.K. government made continuous efforts to withhold critical data 
on severe adverse reactions and contraindications to vaccinations from both parents and health practitioners in order to reach overall vaccination rates which they deemed necessary for herd immunity, a concept with regards which which with regards to vaccination and contrary to prevalent beliefs does not rest on solid scientific evidence. And it's not just the UK, it's also true in the United States. The second fact, the vaccine industry has been given immunity from lawsuits. In 1986, the vaccine manufacturers and the administrators were given immunity from liability with the passage of the National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act and the Vaccine Adverse Reporting System was established. So annually, it reports about 11,000 serious vaccine reactions, including up to 200 deaths, and many more permanent disabilities. But, and there's always a but, the poor reporting in America suggests that the annual adverse vaccine reactions, in fact, number from not 11,000, but 100,000 to 1 million. And then to seal the deal, the United, the United States Supreme Court decided in 2011 to grant the pharmaceutical industries immunity from liability even if their products were knowingly contaminated. The third fact, the health agencies who promote the vaccines are really nothing more than private corporations doing business. So neither the FDA, the Fraud and Drug Administration, nor the CDC, the Centers, Center for Deceit, Control, and Procrastination, answers to the American people or the health practitioners who provide medical care for the general population. So basically, we, don't, we have squat to say about who these so-called agencies hire which researchers they consult, or what policies they establish. They basically do not work for us. These so-called institutions are listed as corporations on Dun & Bradstreet, so their first and foremost obligation is to their own fiscal health, as in the case of all corporations. And the fourth fact, The vaccine mandates are merely statutory rules of state corporations. So all the states, are you ready for this, have been incorporated for a long time. They're all listed in in their corporate all-cap names on Dunner Bradstreet, for example, the state of Ohio, headquartered in Columbus, Ohio. So the corporations can't make laws for living men and women. 
their employees can only make rules for their own entity. So the way they implement implement their corporate rules on the people is through civil contracts. Now, our public schools who attempt to make vaccines a requirement for admission are also nothing more than corporations listed on Dun and Bradstreet. And the vaccine mandates are voted on by the state legislators who represent the state of, and just go fill in the blank. So as state legislators with no medical training, they're being lobbied to revise state statutes to make it increasingly more difficult to opt out of mandatory vaccines. The vaccine aware community needs a new approach. So if the US Constitution and or the Bill of Rights could protect us from mandatory vaccines, they would have stopped mandating them long ago. So what we're all now experiencing is corporate statutory law of rules, regulations, fines, fees, you name it, being forced against the American population. So if this corporate, statutory, contract, legal, but not lawful system that must be exposed and defeated and abolished, and don't look to any attorney to help you. The legal nightmare was created by them, and it is they who profit from it at our expense. Now, there is a form that is put on people to sign, and it's called the Refusal to Vaccinate form. And the refusal to vaccinate form was created by the American Academy of Pediatrics Legal Department as a response to the growing number of toxic vaccines recommended by them and the growing number of parents who are becoming educated on the issue. So according to the CDC, Our children should now receive 37 doses of vaccines between the age of zero and 16 years of age. Recently in the state of California, a statute was implemented that required their own form be filled out and submitted to get a vaccine exemption. But There's a strategy now being used to overcome vaccine awareness, and it is the most diabolical strategy possible. It is unlikely that physicians have any idea what they are asking their patients to sign, or better yet, to sign away. It is basically a signed confession. So you have to listen and understand why you can't sign it and why it is really something other than what it appears to be. So I'm going to give you 
12 reasons why no parent should sign this form unless they're interested in being statutorily charged with neglect or intentionally causing harm. Now, once more, this form, if it's signed, could be used to have your child removed from your custody. It is a form designed to stand up in court. And if not, why else would they ask for the parent's signature to be witnessed? You understand? So I'm going to give you these reasons about the form, okay? Number one, the form attaches a child's ID number that will be identifiable in the electronic record system across the country. Everyone from the school to the NSA will be able to determine who is and who is not vaccinated. Number two, the scientific term for the, um, um, uh, God, um, what, what do you call that thing? The human papilloma virus, the HPV vaccine is listed as such to discourage the parents from making the connection to the dangerous vaccine by its name Gardasil. So they call it human papilloma, papilloma virus rather than Gardasil, which we know is freaking poison. Number three, you do not on this form place any marks in any of the boxes because the physician's records will indicate which vaccines your child has received. So it would be best to put a big X through that entire section. The fourth reason, the CDC vaccine information statement is nothing more than pure, unadulterated propaganda. And the real information about the vaccines was exposed in a document called 30 Years of Secret Official Transcripts Show the UK Government Experts Cover Up Vaccine Hazards. The fifth reason is Again, the parent is misled to think the truth about vaccine risks listed on the CDC website. Now, the doctor, the doctor, the physician, your guy that you go to, has the vaccine package inserts right in his or her office. So the question is, why are those inserts not offered or explained to the parent. Now, the physician may have read them or not, but the physicians are carefully aware that if the parents read the official risks put out by the drug corporation, they would refuse the vaccines. So full disclosure is almost never a part of the process. Now, there's another section, the sixth reason, there's another section on the form that says, I understand the following, the risks and benefits of the recommended vaccines. That's how it starts. This 
would be agreeing to a false statement. Why? Because you cannot understand the risks without reading and understanding the package inserts, which your friendly doctor will not give you. The seventh reason is that the parents are falsely told that without vaccines, their children could suffer dire illnesses but are not told the dire illnesses or injuries the vaccines themselves could cause, including death. And that also was listed in the 30 years of secret official transcripts show the UK government experts cover up vaccine hazards. The eighth reason refers to the herd immunity myth of 1933, which has been proven unscientific over and over and over again. So to put it simply, if other children have been vaccinated and the vaccines work, they will not contract the disease from your child. Okay. That, that, I, I don't want to get into it. So the next reason is entities are listed as strongly recommended the vaccine schedule. Yet the parents are not given full disclosure as to exactly who or what the entities are and what their motivations might be. And if you want to know more about that, you go to, um, well, I'm going to give you on the refusal to vaccinate form the following entities that are involved and a brief description of their motivations, okay? First, you have the physician, okay? He or she is rewarded for administrating, administering vaccines by higher reimbursements for their fees. Their vaccine rates are checked to disturb, determine whether or not he or she is entitled to more money. So the physicians, the public health workers, the drug companies have all been given immunity for any possible lawsuits that may arise as a result of vaccine-caused injury or illness. In other words, if a vaccine harms your child or causes autism, you can't sue any of them. The next one is the American Academy of Pediatrics. The American Academy of Pediatrics is a corporation headquartered in the state of Illinois that received lots of money from drug corporations for advertising in their journal. And this organization relies heavily on what they believe to be a government health advocacy agency known as the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, or the CDC. The next is the American Academy of Family Physicians, which is also a corporation headquartered in the state of Kansas. That also receives lots of money from the drug corporations for advertising in their journal, again. And this organization also relies heavily on what they believe to be a government health advocacy agency, again known as the Center for Disease Control and Prevention. 
Then last but not least is the CDC itself, which is a corporation headquartered in the state of Georgia. The CDC is not part of a legitimate government. You understand? It is a private for-profit corporation that is chartered under the umbrella of the private for-profit United States Corporation with extremely close ties to the pharmaceutical companies. And if you want to verify this, if you want to read more, first you go to Our Government is a Company, The Clearfield Doctrine, and The Great American Adventure, Secrets of America by Judge Dale. So the bottom line, all of the above entities make more money if they vaccinate the kids, and even more if the kids get sick from the vaccines, including the pediatricians themselves. Now, the next reason, which is the broadest and most nefarious part of the refusal to vaccinate form, says, nevertheless, I have decided at this time to decline. I know that failure to follow the recommendations about vaccination may endanger the health or life of my child and others. I therefore agree to tell all healthcare professionals in all settings what vaccines my child has not received because he or she may need to be isolated or may require immediate medical evaluation and tests that might be necessary if my child had not been vaccinated. That's a quote. Now, this is not only deceptive and untruthful, it is asking you to confess that you know you are harming your child and others and do not care. It is asking you to agree to inform any and all people who consider themselves to be healthcare professionals, which is not defined, by the way, of your child's vaccination record. You are also agreeing to permitting undefined healthcare professionals to isolate your child and keep them in isolation due to unproven or unknown exposure to a myriad of undefined communicable diseases with or without testing. And this is an admission that you understand this contractual document and its significance in its entirety. And what that means is you accept the false information cited as factual and choose not to do what you know to be good for your child and others. And to obligate yourself to embarrass and confuse your child by tracking and reporting on the vaccines you protected your child from and give permission for your child to be tested or removed from your care and put in isolation for any supposed exposure to any undefined communicable disease by anyone calling themselves a health care worker. In short, the form 
wants you to attest to the following in writing and in the presence of a witness. Number one, you understand you're signing a contract with performance requirements. Number two, you accept false information as factual and you don't care. Number three, you don't give a crap if your child or others are harmed by your decision. Number four, you agree to volunteer to all pretend healthcare workers your child's vaccination record. And number five, you agree to allow others to test or isolate your child for unproven exposure to a disease. And last but not least, here's the kicker. You are asked to sign, initial, and date this document in front of a witness who also dated their signature. This is called an unconscionable adhesion contract, which is a legally binding agreement between two parties to do a certain thing in which one side has all the bargaining power and uses it to write the contract primarily to his or her advantage. So let me ask you a question. How much money do you think is made by forcing all the children in America to be fully vaccinated? Do you think it could be millions? Do you think it could be billions? Or if it's a mind blower, what about trillions? Seriously. So let me give you some valuable information. All drugs have two names, a trade name and a generic name. For example, the trade name is Tylenol, and the generic name is acetaminophen, okay? Aleve is also known as naproxen, and amoxil is also called amoxicillin, and Advil is called ibuprofen. So the FDA has been looking for generic names for Viagra. And after careful consideration by a team of government experts, it recently announced that it has settled on the generic name of mycoxoflopin. Also considered were mycoxifolin, mycoxidrupin, mycoxorizin, Vixafix, and of course, ibuprofen. Now, Pfizer announced that Viagra will soon be available in liquid form and will be marketed by Pepsi-Cola as a power beverage suitable for use as a mixer. It will now be possible for a man to literally pour himself a stiff one. Obviously, we can no longer call this a soft drink, and it gives new meaning to the names of cocktails, eyeballs, and just a good old-fashioned stiff drink. So Pepsi will market 
this new concoction by the name of Mount Pendu. So the thought for the day is there's going to be more money being spent on breast implants and Viagra today than on Alzheimer's research. This means that by the year 2025 or 2030, there should be a large elderly population with perky boobs and huge erections and absolutely no recollection of what to do with them. So moving, yeah, I, you know, come on, man, I got got to have some fun. So basically, what's going on is that in in corporations have basically seized every branch of government. In New York City, this guy, Mayor Bill De Blasio, he wants to launch this pilot program to place body cameras on police officers and conduct training seminars to help them reduce their adrenaline rushes and abuse of language, along with the establishment of a less stringent marijuana policy and calling them cosmetic reforms. So the killing of Eric Garner in Staten Island was, after all, captured on video. But these proposed reforms, like those out of Washington, D.C., failed to address the underlying cause of poverty, state-sponsored murder, and the obscene explosion of mass incarceration, or the rise of the corporate state and the death of our democracy. So mass acts of civil disobedience now being carried out across the country are the only mechanism left that offers hope for systematic legal and judicial reform. We have to try as best we can to defy the corporate state and not work with it. So the legal system no longer functions to protect ordinary Americans. It serves our oligarchic corporate elites, which have committed $26 billion in financial fraud. They loot the U.S. Treasury. They escape taxation. They drive down wages. They break unions. They pillage pension funds. They gut regulation and oversight. They destroy public institutions, including the public schools and social assistance programs. They wage endless and illegal wars to swell the profits of the arms dealers, and they authorize police to murder unarmed black men. So the police and national intelligence and security agencies, which carry out the wholesale surveillance against the population and serve as the corporate elite's brutal enforcers, are omnipotent by intention. They are designed to impart fear and terror and keep the population under control. And until the courts and the legislative bodies give us back our rights, which they have no intention of doing, things will only get worse for the poor and the rest of us. So basically, we're living in a post-constitutional era. 
where the corporations have captured every major institution, including the judicial, legislative, and executive branches in government, and have deformed them to exclusively serve the demands of the market. And in the process, they've demolished civil liberties and that they've warned that we are warned that without heavy government regulation and oversight, unfettered and unregulated capitalism de- degenerates into a mafia capitalism and a mafia political system. So a self-regulating market would turn human beings and the natural environment into commodities, which would ensure the destruction of society and the natural environment. So the ecosystem and the human beings become objects whose worth is determined solely by the market. Then they can be exploited until exhaustion or collapse occurs, occurs, and then a society that no longer recognizes that the natural world and life have a sacred dimension and intrinsic value beyond, beyond monetary value commits collective suicide. And these societies will do nothing more than cannibalize themselves. And this is what we're undergoing literally. So as in every totalitarian state, the first victims are the vulnerable. And in the U.S., this means poor people of color. And in the name of the war on drugs or the necessity of enforcing immigration laws, those that are trapped in our urban internal colonies are effectively stripped of their rights. And the police who arrest 13 million people a year, 1.6 million of them on drug charges, and half of those on marijuana counts, were empowered by the war on drugs to carry out random searches and sweeps with no probable cause. Then they take DNA samples for many who may arrest to build a nationwide database that includes both the guilty and the innocent. Then they charge each of the sample arrestees 50 bucks for DNA processing. Then they confiscate the cash, the cars, the homes, and the other possessions based on allegations of illegal drug activity, and they use the proceeds to boost up the police budget. Then they impose fines in the poor neighborhoods for absurd offenses like riding a bicycle on the sidewalk or not having an ID to fleece the poor or if they can't pay, toss them into jail. And before they deport undocumented workers, the state levels fines, often in the thousands of dollars on those being held by the U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement Agency in order to empty their pockets before they're shipped out. So the prisoners that are locked in cages often spend decades attempting to pay off thousands of dollars, sometimes tens of thousands in court fines from the paltry $28 a month they earn in prison jobs, the government, to make sure it gets its money automatically deducts a percentage each month from their prison paychecks. 
So it's this huge extortion racket that's run against the poor by the corporate state, which also makes sure that the interest rates of mortgages and car loans and student loans and credit card loans are set at predatory levels. Since 1980, the U.S. has constructed the world's largest prison system, populated with 2.3 million inmates, 25% of the world's prison population. Police, to keep the system filled with bodies, have had most legal constraints on their behavior removed. So basically, they serve as judge and jury on the streets in the American cities. And this expansion of police powers is a long step down the totalitarian path. So the U.S. Supreme Court Justice Douglas born back in 1968. The police, who are often little more than predatory armed gangs in inner-city neighborhoods, arbitrarily decide who lives, who dies, and who spends years in prison. They really fight crime or protect the citizens. What rather they do is they round up human beings like cattle to meet arrest quotas, which is the prerequisite for receiving federal cash in the drug war. And because many crimes carry long mandatory sentences, it's easy to intimidate defendants into pleading out on lesser offenses. So the arrested are actually are acutely aware they have no chance in 97% of all federal cases and 94% of all state cases are resolved by guilty pleas rather than trials. Then there was an editorial in in the New York Times that said the pressure employed by state and federal prosecutors to make defendants accept guilty pleas, which is an action that often includes waiving the right to appeal to a higher court, is closer to coercion than to bargaining. There's always police informants who, to reduce their own sentences, will tell a court anything demanded of them by the police. And and if you saw the fatal shooting of that guy in Ferguson, Missouri, and after killing of Garner, the the word of police officer prosecutors whose loyalty is to the police becomes the law. And there's a, a program known as 1033, and it's a Department of Defense program, which was, was begun back in the 90s which the National Defense Authorization Act allowed, along with federal homeland security grants to the states, providing $4.3 billion in military equipment to local police forces, either free or on permanent loan. Okay, this is what the website ProPublica reported. So the militarization of the police, which includes outfitting departments with heavy machine guns, ammunition magazines, night vision equipment, aircraft, and armored vehicles has effectively turned urban police and increasingly rural police as well into quasi-military forces of occupation. Seriously. So the police conduct up to 80,000 SWAT raids a year in the U.S., which is up from 3,000 a year in the early 80s. So the American Civil Liberties Union found that almost 80% of SWAT team raids 
are linked to search warrants to investigate potential criminal suspects, not for high stakes, hostage, barricade, or active shooter scenarios. And the the ACLU also noted that the SWAT tactics are used disproportionately against the people of color. So the bodies of the incarcerated poor fuel our system of neo-slavery. In the prisons across the country, including so many private corporations profit from the captive prison labor. The incarcerated work eight-hour days for as little as a dollar a day. Phone companies, food companies, private prisons, lists of other corporations feed like jackals off of those that we hold behind bars and the lack of employment and the collapse of education and vocational training in the communities across the U.S. are part of that design. The design with its built-in allure from the illegal economy, the only way for many of the poor to make a living ensures rates of um, divisionism of over 60%. I mean, there's millions of poor people for whom this country is a little more than, nothing more than a penal colony. I mean, there's a book out there. It's called The New Jim Crow. It was written by a lawyer named Michelle Alexander. And it's The New Jim Crow, Mass Incarceration, The Age of Colorblindness. And it identifies what she calls a criminal caste system. And the caste system controls the lives of not only 2.3 million who are incarcerated, but also the 4.8 million on probation or parole. So millions more people are forced into this permanent second-class citizenship by their criminal records, which makes employment, higher education, and public assistance difficult or impossible to achieve. So the totalitarian totalitarian systems accrue to themselves omnipotent power by first targeting and demonizing a defenseless minority. The poor African Americans like the Muslims have been stigmatized by the elites and the mass media. The state promising to combat the lawlessness of the demonized minority, demands that authorities be emancipated from the constraints of the law. And the arguments like that were used to justify the war on drugs and the war on terror. But once any segment of the population is stripped of equality before the law, as poor people of color and Muslims have been, once the police are permitted under the law to become omnipotent, Brutal and systematically oppressive tactics are employed against the wider society. And the corporate state, they have no intention of carrying out legal reforms to curb this omnipotence of its origins, of internal security. They're made this way on purpose. So there's another book. It's called The Divide, American Injustice in the Age of the Wealth Gap. It illustrates how poverty, in essence, has become a crime. And the author, Matt Taibai, 
has spent time in courts where wealthy people have committed documented fraud amounting to hundreds of millions of dollars, never had to stand trial, and in city courts where the poor were called to answer for crimes that, until you read the book, did not know existed. So, instead, for example, standing in front, of, in front of your home can be an arrestable offense. That's what nobody gets, that the two approaches to justice may individually make a kind of sense, but side by side there's a dystopia where common city courts become factories for turning poor people into prisoners while federal prosecutors on the white-collar beat turn into overpriced garbage men who behind closed doors quietly dispose of the sins of the rich for a fee. And it's evolved its way over time and for a thousand reasons so that almost nobody is aware of the whole picture, the two worlds so separate that they're barely visible to each other. And the usual political descriptors like unfairness and injustice don't really apply. It's more like a breakdown into madness. So we're being warned that once any segment of the population is denied rights, the rule of law is destroyed. And when laws do not apply equally to all, they are treated as rights and privileges. When the state is faced with growing instability or unrest, these privileges are revoked. And the elites who feel increasingly threatened by the wider population do not resist the temptation to deprive all the citizens of legal status and, and, and rule them with omnipotent police. This is what's taking place now. The corporate state and its origins of internal security are illegitimate. And basically it turns out that we are a society of captives. What I think is happening now is that my ending theme song is going to be playing. And Georgie Pooh, good old George Harrison, is going to be doing what he does, singing My Sweet Lord. And this is something that all of us have to uh, understand, that we have to turn to him. We have to turn to our sweet Lord because he's the only one that can give us protection. He's the only one that can give us peace. He's the only one that can give us harmony. The, the good news is he's in our heart. That's, that's how far you have to go to develop that relationship. Have a little bit of faith. Try not to become part of the system. Walk down the street, mind your own business, don't get involved in anything, live a clean life, try not to become sick, try not to become a part of the pharmaceutical industry where they can extract dollar bills from you at, at any time. You have to go and have an alkaline basis in your body, not an acidic basis in your body. Acid eats away. Alkaline builds an immune system. Next week, I will tell you how you can do that, how you can build your immune system. It's simple, it's easy, and it really tastes good. But for now, 
uh, guys, I'm afraid I got a bail on you. Um, I have to get my dog to the groomer, and I have a short period of time to do that. So I wish you all well, and until next week, aloha. <laughs>